The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Perfect. We should also do a supercut of me reminding you to... (laughs) (laughs) If, If only... The, the only problem there is that half the time I wouldn't have actually been recording. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> it wouldn't have even gotten captured. I was it's definitely going to mention that when we talked about the the clip, though. It's a theoretical supercut. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll go ahead and get into this. Yes, sir. Uh, so, this is, so this is kind of weird because this is an instance in which you and I are speaking to the listener of this podcast and not to a guest but um it's been one week since we no uh sorry every time i say it's been i want to go into that song um (laughs) it's been about a month or so since we did an episode since we had one come out um a lot of stuff's been going on um i swear to god we were going to have an episode uh about a month ago like literally sat down to record it and then uh my kid got sent home from school because he was a close contact of a covid uh case so we had to scrap that so what we're doing now we will have some new guests very soon bumping my mic um what we're going to do now is over the past what's it been like month probably we've we've seen a big jump in listenership month two months um yeah thanks nick for that uh we've we've had a big jump in uh the number of people listening to the show which is awesome and thank you to everybody who does listen to this Um, or i'm sorry or or yes or also i apologize if you're like oh sweet there's a fantasy podcast you're like ah crap it's the shag and flies thing um those dudes again (laughs) god those guys um so because we've had that that bump, one thing we wanted to do was highlight some of the best moments from episodes from our earlier episodes, episodes before we that bump happened, so that if you are a new-ish listener to Shag and Flies, uh, first off, we recommend if you feel like it, you know, go back through some of those old episodes. They're fun. But if not, uh, if you just kind of want a taste of some of the older episodes, we've put together some of our favorite clips of each episode. 
So, you know, otherwise we just become our own worst enemy of being two white dudes with a podcast. <laughs> a lot less interesting than we think we are, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, without further ado, uh, we'll go ahead and kick it off with uh, the frequently mentioned Mikey Ahedo, <laughs> who uh, talks a bit in this clip, uh, but we talk a lot about Psych, the show, TV show Psych, which is uh, like one of the greatest TV shows ever. And uh, Mikey tells a very fun story. Uh, it probably wasn't fun at the time, but uh, a funny <laughs> story in which he got uh, so high that he called the cops on himself. Which, of course, if you know anything about our friend Michael Hedo, is um, <laughs> quite, quite, quite the circumstance. I mean, you didn't. I'm, just, I'm surprised didn't you didn't make together. a. You didn't make a psych psych pun because we did talk a lot about like psychology because that's what he does. We too, did you know? talk a bit about psychology. I don't yeah, think we talked about lot. psychology in this clip. Maybe not in this clip. Maybe we did talk a bit it's... about psych. Oh yes, we did. If you listen to the full episode, which is still to this to date, I think our longest episode it might be. It's um, it's up there. Uh, we did talk a lot about psychology. Mikey has a lot of great stuff to say about that. So, anyways, yeah. uh, here is our clip of so, Mikey Hedo uh, calling the cops on himself. Um, I think they're like <laughs> redacted. Uh, I think they're like little indica gummies, but essentially they're just like little gummies and. They taste like amazing for an edible. Like I actually kind of like the taste of like the THC. When you get that little bit, and, you get that little yeah, bit. Of, I don't like even it, know how to describe it's, it. It's like, kind of comforting in a way, which is weird because, um, well, you guys are probably going to want to hear about this uh, after I say this. But um, I think just those little gummies. I, I, I like cookies and stuff too, but um, I will never drink the drinks. I will say that. There are drinks like CBD, like sure, but THG, I've heard of someone who chugged one and he had a bad time, which segues into what I was going to say is um, one time I called the cops on myself. Was, <laughs> oh, no. When I was high. Okay. Yeah. Explain okay. that one. What? <laughs> How does that happen? So I've, 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 I'm sure you've noticed by now, but <laughs> I, I have a habit of, of just giving way too many details and stories. So I guess I'll, I'll tell the story. I'll try to be like kind of succinct. Basically... Um, let's see. I was just like, I was still an undergrad, um, was celebrating just like being done with my semester, which, or quarter, which was really hard. Um, it was like when I first started taking school really seriously, was going to celebrate with a cookie and it was my only day until for like another week that I had, um, I had no school and I had no work. So I was like, I'm celebrating. Didn't have anyone there with me. I was just like, I'm going to watch some white collar. Um, is that what it's called? Yeah. With uh, Neil Caffrey. Yeah. Like, yeah. The USA, the USA show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I like USA shows, but anyways, I was like, I'm going to watch some white They're collar. The best. They're the best. Psych okay. monk. Psych, take, I was going to say. Okay. Okay, okay. That's true. Psych. Okay. Psych's uh, one of my faves. Is that mine? Is that Mauricio in there? <laughs> Dulé Hill is just one of my favorite oh, actors man. of all time, and I don't uh, even know what happened. You mean, you mean Gee Buttersnaps? Yeah. <laughs> you mean, do you mean Scooney U-Turn Sailor? <laughs> okay. I'm you mean, do you mean MC Clap Your Hands? Oh, my. 
<laughs> That's my favorite running joke on that show. Oh, and they have a lot of running jokes. There was there, a while where so I was obsessed. I was obsessed with finding the pineapple, like for a while. Dude, I I I never find them. I I've probably seen four. I just, have you seen the second uh, movie that came out last dude, I year? Seen either I of the movies. I need to see them. First movie. We should watch good. it together. Another, yeah, man. I haven't seen the second movie. The first movie is good. Uh it's just like a long episode of psych. Second movie I haven't seen. Uh, they basically did the second movie so that the guy who plays Lasseter could have a bigger part because he had a stroke. He, I heard the first he looked. Movie. I, I heard he looked like he had a stroke in the first one. Yeah, he 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 popped up for a second, and you could tell like he was yeah. he was looking rough. And uh, but he's he's better now. And they had the second. It's good. Uh, movie is called Lassie Comes Home. So it's uh, it's mainly focused on him, but yeah, I I still need to see the second one. But great show. But anyways, you call the cops on yourself. <laughs> so I'm gonna celebrate tonight, and so I I just started eating it, and um I, I remember like finishing it, and I was like, crap, like it's like six p.m. or seven p.m. I was like, I need to. It had been probably 45 minutes or an hour or something. And I was like, I need to, I need to get high because if I don't, you know, um, so I, I went to the weed store, they had good deals. So I got another, maybe like one or two, just to preface, I didn't eat both of them, but went back home, ate another three quarters. And I was just sitting there and I was like, man, I'm not really like, I'm still not high. So I went to the gas station Grabbed some snacks. I grabbed, I still vividly remember grabbing powdered donuts, a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and I think a family size bag of chip aways. So I get back home. I'm watching um, White Collar. I'm like, man, this still, like, I kind of feel it, but like, it's still not hidden. And I, I vividly remember eating the Lay's and just being like, I'd eaten a lot of all three, but just like being deep into the bag. And then just being like, oh, whoa, I'm, I'm pretty good right now. Um, and I'd been having what I'll describe as like heart jolts uh, oh, recently. Man. And it was basically just like this zap that felt like a pretty sharp pain, just like in my chest area. And it would sometimes it would like double me over. Like I would just be like, oh, and it would just go away. And so I had already been paranoid about my heart. Like I'd already had bad experiences smoking or, or eating edibles, whatever. And so many times I've had the experience where my heart starts beating really fast. And I was like, it's okay, man. Like it's chill. Um, But the added, the added like being too high, like I don't know if it was clear, but that trip that I went on, I was obviously high given the snacks that yeah, I bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but given just the intensity being home alone and just the added paranoia, I started to get really high and my heart was beating to the point where I was like really, really paranoid. Um, so I, 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 I looked back at a text that my mom had sent me just cause I told her about my heart jolts and she was like, well, if you're paranoid, like call nine one one. Um, so I, I pulled up trusty old Google and I was like, heart attack symptoms. And I was like, oh, oh no. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> all me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm having a heart attack. Oh, so no. I, I called 911 
And I was just like pacing back and forth because I was really paranoid and obviously not thinking straight, but I was like, if I stop walking, like I'm going to pass out and die. Um, so I walked outside sopping wet socks. Like it was raining and I'm just out there like a freaking Omarion icebox video. Um, and I'm on the phone with them and I'm like, Hey, I think I'm having a heart attack. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, okay, like explain your symptoms, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I explained whatever, like, I don't even know why I thought I was having a heart attack. Like, I don't, I don't even know if people's hearts start beating hard when they're having heart attacks, but they're like, okay, um, count your heart rate for us. And I was like, okay, one, two, <laughs> three. And they're like, okay, like, this is not, this is not like working. And they're like, okay, just like say where you're at, we'll come to you, whatever. And I was like, actually, I'm going to walk up the street. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, sir, please stay where you are. And I was like, no, I'm going to walk up the street. And they're they You're having a like, heart Fine. attack. Stop walking. <laughs> okay. So I think that, I don't know if it's just for me. I feel like marijuana, when you're having a capital B, capital T bad time, it actually mimics kind of psychotic symptoms so i get really paranoid like i think that paranoia is just kind of like baby schizophrenia like baby psychosis i start having these um associations where i think that they're like meaningful um so i thought if i walked towards my my neighbor's house with christmas lights that i would be walking towards the light i thought it was like symbolic of like oh i'm gonna die <laughs> so i started walking up the street and then i got once i got up back up there uh, I turned around and I hallucinated that there are like people in my yard, like looking over like my dead body, basically ended up getting back to my house, super wet socks, just plopped down on the couch, called my friend. I was like, Hey man, having a heart attack. Bye. Um, and I God. see, I see like the, the flashing lights. Um, so they, I, I basically open the door and I'm like ready to like hop in the ambulance and go. And they're like, sir, please sit down. Uh, what eventually happened is they hooked me up to like an EKG, like six people in this room. And and once they all came in, I was like, man, I'm one of those guys. Like I'm not having a heart attack. I'm, I'm freaking. You just do right. I'm that, I'm that guy, you know, that, that uh, I think the most famous example is that like cop that took the, you know, evidence and ate the, uh, not the weenies, the weed brownies with his wife. But my heart was beating 176 beats per minute. And I think oh I was my just God. having, yeah. yeah. So That's it was beating really fast objectively. Um, but I was just having a panic attack. Um, and they were just like, so if we thought that you were like going to die, we would take you to the hospital. And they like made it really clear that like, you're not going to die. I, <laughs> I think that was also like one of the, f- one of the first episodes for me that was like, this is the character of Shag and Flies. Like, yeah, we, we talked about baseball for like 30 seconds on that. We didn't. We talked for more than 30 seconds. But yeah, um, we talked a good bit about the Mariners. But yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> yeah. That was that was also like one of the episodes I think about where I'm like, we really need to make sure we don't ramble on for three hours. Because not that not that the content was bad. I, I liked what we were talking about. But 
I was so freaking tired. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we get. That's what we get for talking to people on West coast time. Oh, I know. We had to to ban them. We're wrapping up. I'm like, (laughs) it's like one and 2 AM and Mikey's like, I'm going to go get some dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, we went over to central time after that, thankfully. And I think this Janice clip from our friend Janice Scurrio, who is at NBC Sports Edge right now, also on the pitcherless staff, I believe, um, among many other places, including mm. uh, Southside Sox with myself. Uh, <laughs> this was the first answer to the tell me tell me about a time you laughed really hard question that made me just kind of lose it for really dumb reasons, which is <laughs> kind of kind of just embodies the ethos of the entire question and the things that the things that we laugh about uh on yeah on the show. And it's I don't know, I'll let I'll let her speak for it for the most part. But if you can't laugh at a good fart or D's nuts joke, then you should, I don't know, maybe I'm not gonna say find a different podcast to listen to, but you know to consider it. Final yeah. <laughs> of the podcast. Tell me about a time when you laughed super hard uh it can be the hardest you've ever laughed it can be something that happened recently uh it does not have to be a good story it's okay like just a time when like you know you're laughing so hard you're crying what happened who's there what's going on oh man and that almost like started off as a job interview question. Like, oh, tell me about a time. Where, <laughs> tell me where, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, like, tell me about a time where you encountered adversity. <laughs> had, like, so, how, how did you? How, how did you handle that? I wanted to try and say <laughs> it so grammatically. I wanted to try and be grammatically correct because that's a. It's a weird sentence to say. Like, uh, tell me about the time in which you laughed the hardest or something. Like, it's just I don't know. It functionally is kind of weird. So. Uh, a time when you laughed super, super hard. It, like I said, again, it does not have to be a good story. Okay. You know, if somebody fell down, somebody farted, like that's fine. Like that's hilarious. I think we're finding is these, like usually the best answers are the ones that just come to your head first. The first thing that pops in your head. Yeah. Uh, I guess probably uh, the first thing that came to my head is that um, uh in the in the Brewers article I was writing for Baseball Prospectus uh, in the in the fiftieth percentile uh, where uh, inferably uh, the Brewers win the NL Central I wrote that uh, that this outcome largely depends on the flatulence of the Cubs and the Cardinals <laughs> and like I I just thought that sentence was so incredibly <laughs> hilarious I love that. And, that, and, and I, I think I got like really drunk and I, and I, it, <laughs> and I just like fell over laughing. <laughs> we and all have like, those moments. Don't we? I, I was just like, I'm fart hilarious. <laughs> I, I, it is, I swear to God, there are not many things that are funny forever, but farts are one of those things. Farts like I guarantee, I guarantee if you hopped in the time machine and went back to like ancient Greece, <sighs> Somebody rips a fart at like uh you know in Socrates's class or whatever, and like everybody's dying laughing. No, they like, found fart just, jokes at like Pompeii, like yeah. in mosaics. Fart jokes, like that, you know, fart or... jokes, and people falling down forever will be funny. Right, fart just, jokes, um, people falling down. I, yeah. I I I actually find that these nuts jokes are like hilarious. <laughs> like I, I will find any time, like any opportunity to, to drop a good these nuts joke. Oh my so. god. 
Next up, we have the wonderful Sungmin Kim, who uh, is, uh, as I mentioned, the pod- not in this clip, but I mentioned the podcast, that I had a fun connection with him. He was uh, good friends with uh, three, two or three of my friends who went to University of Maryland College Park. They happen to know Sungmin, and none of them care about baseball, and they didn't realize that Sungmin, <laughs> like, has a pretty big baseball following. They're like, oh, Sungmin? Big yeah, baseball, yeah, I know. Big baseball guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he, he likes baseball, I think, right? So, but that's how we ended up getting him on the on the show. He was in, he was in Korea, correct? He was in Korea, yes. Because yeah. it, was, it was, again, time zone things. He was like, yeah. it was the morning, I think. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but um, he had, so in this clip, we have him, uh, recommending a very uh, interesting music video to us. I ended up watching it afterwards, and it was it was a, a wild time. Uh, and also one of the most interesting uh, recommendations in the uh, full count for the recommend anything from your life. That, yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting one. It's yeah. one of my favorites. I, and I think this is the one that made me I, the reason that we need to do a show like this and more shows like this is there are just so many great moments in these pods that happen like two hours in when we've been talking and talking and talking. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if y'all are still listening. I'm still barely listening. You know, <laughs> I've got a whiskey and a half or two with me at that point. Uh, but we, we had some really fun moments later on, later on in this one in particular, we get to talking about, I mean, you, you talk about, you have a two hour podcast about anything. You'll eventually get to K-pop music videos. So naturally. Yeah. We, we, we get like uh, that late in the podcast. We're like Gary Thorne in the eighth inning of a blowout loss. Just getting a little tipsy talking about like whatever he, you can think of a 30 to three blowout loss. 30 to- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was, was he, I don't think he was with the Orioles when that happened. <laughs> I don't know Are who was sure? I. I I was yeah yes I was <laughs> and still am for some weird reason, but anyways, uh, Sungmin yeah let's we'll we'll do that. Caramel. Orange caramel and yeah and there's this song called Catal- Catalina. Yeah, I uh, I yeah. am I am completely yeah. unfamiliar with 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 that genre entirely. So <laughs> we will it's, have it's to fine. check it out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I would recommend by at least just watch the music video. Mm. Yeah, because for sure. it, it's it's one of the uh, wackiest and kind of out there music videos that I've ever seen, not just in K-pop but also like in general. Um, That's cool. That's so or, Orange Caramel. It was three three girls, um, three girl K-pop, three girls. It's a K-pop group of three girls, and um, they kind of like pushed the boundaries of their stylistic. Like they kind of like borrowed a lot from the uh, like a different Asian culture. Like they had a Chinese Chinese style K-pop song. They had like a Japanese style K-pop song and Catalina in particular. It's uh it's it is from the um the tune is from uh, like a Punjabi folk song. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah. Oh, so, the, the, so so the music itself in the song has a bit of a Indo Indian disco style to it. Hmm. Huh. And, oh man. And, I uh good. Yeah, that's fascinating. The music video is um it's really out there it's about um it's very it's a how do i put this it's it's a it's sushi themed music video Su- huh. sushi themed. did you hear that right? yeah word sushi. i was sushi 
sushi theme music video yeah um I, w- I was just saying the other day i think it was oh it was with regards to the um the lil nas x video that just came out um um montero i don't know if either of you guys saw that call me by your name um and i was oh, just I thinking oh uh, yeah you gotta see that ben <laughs> i will i will i was just thinking though how like music videos are just not quite as creative as they used to be because they used to be such a powerful and important and ubiquitous medium for getting artists and getting songs out there and that's not so much the case anymore but i was watching the other day like i went on youtube i was watching the video for um for bad romance by lady gaga Mm. and i was like man this stuff was so great like this is real. like the creativity yeah. that you know is coming from the artists themselves well too. the creative you know, direction there is you like, know I what like killed the like. you know what killed the music video in my opinion is uh hair metal because <laughs> what hair metal did in the 80s and early 90s was their music video was uh them playing on stage and that was it it was every every Bon Jovi video, every Motley Crue video, every you know Tesla, White Lion, you name it. I and I the, I say this as someone who loves hair metal more than anybody should. Um, yeah, that was every music video was just them on stage. I mean, the the closest thing you got to was like if they did a song for a movie, like when Rat did Dream Warriors for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, three, in which uh, still. You had Rat defeating uh, Freddy Krueger with the power of hair metal, which great music yeah. video if you ever seen it. Uh, it's just it's wonderful. It's a delight. Uh, but yeah, watching, so after I'm, that, it's I'm watching this video now. I'm sorry, I'm just Dream like, Warriors. Yeah, 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 please, no, please do. No, um, Ka- oh. orange, orange car, <laughs> Catalina. I, I'm not. I can't. I, and the sound is muted, but like that almost makes it better. I'm just imagining what's going on <laughs> here. It's, I will like, definitely have this to is check great that out. radio. I'm sure. <laughs> Please, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. You know, you weren't Sungman. You were not. You were not lying. That's a great. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, there's like no better way to um describe it. Describe this video because it, it literally is sushi themed. Yeah, there's they're bathing in in the soy sauce <laughs> as as I speak or dipping their feet in at least. Oh All my right, God. Yeah. All right. I'll definitely have to be watching that very soon. And, yeah. <laughs> but, okay. This this came out in 2014, and I think mm-hmm. it was like one of those things where they might have been a little bit ahead ahead of the time for more people to appreciate, oh. but they were still pretty big. Yeah, and they've even wow, they've got like the outfits coordinated to look like actual fish and stuff. That's see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I was talking about. I love this. I'm about to go down a whole rabbit hole of like K-pop music videos now. <laughs> so, before, best of, before we best do that. of luck on that one. Uh, yeah. Before right, well, we, we do want to Leah, let's get to the final category. The final category. But, be, but before that, oh, I yeah, will yeah. say that I, go ahead. I, I had a gig and when I was, when I was in DC, I, I used to DJ K-pop at like a, like club, like a clubs in new street. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother, that's, that's a whole nother story, but, um, yeah, yeah, it was like, it was like me and like three other American friends. Like I w- like, I think they just kind of added me as like to add like a <laughs> Korean cred, but, um, you know, I got to, but, you know, I got to go to backstage. I got to get like drink tickets at being a performer and it was fun. That's amazing. That sounds awesome. Um, all right. So the final category in which we will ask for a recommendation, the mm-hmm. category is miscellaneous. 
Miscellaneous. So anything from your life, I know it sounds complicated, okay, it sounds okay, difficult, okay. but it's not. Anything from your life, a an activity, uh, a gadget, uh, just uh, something that you do, a practice, whatever, literally anything that you would recommend to other people. I've always found the first thing that pops in your head, no matter how dumb or weird it might sound, that's the one. I don't know, like on this, on this, if you are, on this, if you're married, go on Tinder. So. <laughs> go on that's Tinder. That's my favorite one that's, so far. That's a good one. That's a good one. Why, go, yeah, why one. go on Tinder? I mean, I know the Tinder, like, it's very, obviously, it's a very super, superficial thing, but um, I haven't been on Tinder for a while, but I was like on and off between 2014 and I guess last year, depend, depending on my dating situation, but um, like, it really got me to think about how I present myself, not just like online, but also offline. Like how does the pictures that I put on Tinder, like match how I actually present myself in, uh, mm. like in, in person, how does, how I describe myself in my bio, like, like come out, like sound, sound like, because I was, I was always, I've always been one of those people like who write, who wrote like a little bit of a paragraph about myself. Not never, I was never really a big fan of like, putting nothing on bio yeah, yeah yeah um i also like to thought a lot about like because like guys are always expected to be the people like you know that start the conversation like oh it's always kind of like made me just not really be not not really be as nervous and just like or try to like not be nervous and just like you know break the ice and just hmm. just try to make a conversation based on what i can infer from other person's profile Huh. And That's I think really interesting. It, I think it genu- like it genuinely did um I guess made me like a better communicator, better like not as awkward when I'm meeting a person for the first time. Depends yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. in, in different contexts, like not just when I'm meeting someone from Tinder, but also in real life, you know? Yeah. Um huh. and also like I guess like how to read both <laughs> But seriously though. Yeah, 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 yeah no, for sure. Facts. Because for when sure. you facts. because when you're like talking to someone for the first time online like there's a lot of like you know it you gotta really give them or the best impression of yourself and sometimes there's a lot of in it. so you, know, you got you got to know how to read you got to you got to know how to read it and i i don't know how to like inst- like instruct a person on how to read both but i think it's something that you can learn intuitively Sungmin, or during the yeah. course of the Sungmin <laughs> interview we were very formal, uh, formal interview, yeah. form, very formal. He actually, yeah, we were formal. Sit. He down. was up for a job on this podcast, right? We 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 actually in an in very out. in our emails called it a sit down, uh, and <laughs> we had a lot of questions about where he saw himself in about five years, and um, he didn't spoil it. He didn't get the it, job, but it it's wasn't not on the fault. show. That's you know, <laughs> in two weeks on, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no matter what no matter what job you have or what podcast you're on sometimes uh when joey vado calls you have to answer and that is exactly what happened in the middle of our episode with sung min joey vado hit i think it was when he was uh on that streak of like when he hit homers in like seven or eight straight games yeah he was like yeah hit. i think it was when he was like randomly crushing the ball yeah and you know, the pod just stopped because Joey Votto hits a homer and you have to acknowledge it. But uh, that was not <laughs> the first or that might have been the first, but it wasn't the last time that that happened. We have actually made a habit of getting ourselves interrupted by 
uh, major or less major sports moments as we record, which has less to do with like things happening when we record is our insistence on like watching other things while we record <laughs> at night. So, you know, take well, that. There was one of, one of these was a very major, I mean, an NBA championship. Oh yes. We, we momentarily rebrand to a uh, Giannis list in, <laughs> in the forthcoming. <laughs> I forgot about that. If you show like any kind of like emotion and getting excited, like that's, uh, that's what oh. I think the whole argument about bat flips is, is like, Speaking of tanks, Joey Botta just hit a tank. Did he really? Yeah, against Harlan Garcia. Oh man, he's got his power back. Is that the is is it back? God, <laughs> I, I mean, he so. he sent it, he sent one to the Amikovi Cup. So, oh man, I <sighs> I, I I no no, you're good. I love I love Joey Votto yeah, and his his oil. sort of like <laughs> downfall over the past <laughs> year too has been really sad. Oil in the car, you know. But there's so much all around Maryland, and I would imagine that's the case for everywhere. Oh well. The Brewers are up one to one to nothing. <laughs> How did that? I thought, I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying they were up to bat. You're like, oh well, I gotta. I do have a soft spot for the Brewers. Just like, yeah. In that. conclusion, um, Milwaukee Miller Park, great place, crazy ass state. Now, they now did I give really us Joe McCarthy go. for a reason. But <laughs> now I really want to go. I, like, um, I would love to be there right now if like the Bucks end up winning that. Because oh I'm like, right, dude, it's it's. Uh, let me tell you, I'll tell you right now, it's really close. Last I checked, they are in the fourth quarter. It is a three point game. Bucks are up three. With seven forty-seven oh, left in the fourth, oh, like a week, uh, and then it goes away. But um, oh, the Milwaukee Bucks just won. Look I just, that. I was, that's what Bucks. my reaction just was. Fear the deer, I, baby. Good for the Bucks. Um, good for Giannis. But um, but yeah. So oh, first, and the Sox won too. Let's go. Sorry, I just we were down five to three in the ninth. Like, I was gonna say different sorry. levels of accomplishment right there. Like, the Sox just won one of one hundred and sixty-two. Okay, people, you know what? Well, first the Twins, okay. it's okay. an accomplishment. Hey, you know what? Good for the Sox. Do that on purpose. Um, if I had found a great place in a different neighborhood that was on a train line that got me to work, I would have done that. Um, when I first moved here, I actually lived in Evanston. Oh my God! Did he catch that? <laughs> Michael Hermosillo just robbed somebody of a home run. Andrew Vaughn oh, is very nice. sad right now. Oh, not Vaughn. He needs him. He needs uh, him. Wow, that was a great catch. I'm sorry. That was an no, incredible, no, incredible it's up okay. over the yellow by about oh, six inches. Actually, catch. like a real real robbery. Aren't the, aren't the baskets there, though? How do you do that? Like What, what are you talking about? This game is in York Park. I'm... For sure. The other you games know, were uh, in my park. I wasn't so looking speaking, for a compliment. <laughs> hey, well, well, you got one. Uh, and also, I'm going to take one second to let you guys know that if you haven't heard, the Red Sox just won. Oh. It was tied in the bottom of the ninth, and Kike Hernandez hit a sack fly to <laughs> win the game. I know. Gross. In the ALCS, right? That was yep. Good. Yep. The stupid Red Sox are going to go to the World Series, aren't they? I mean, I just... It's going to be a. Right. It's going to be either them or the Astros, sure. and then it became a thing. Like that was, it was literally no thought at all. Um, all right, so we're going to pivot to baseball, but before we do that, we are about an hour in. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, uh, for a quick ad to watch the end of this Ravens game. To watch the end of the Ravens game, and then we'll be right back. Ravens yep. going for two. I need this. Oh, all right. Oh man. Yep. He made a pass to Mark Andrews. 35 seconds left. They're going for two to tie it. Did they get it? Yep. 
Holy. Mercy. All right. All right. Okay. Oh my god. Right, we we have made kind of a thing of being interrupted by live sports. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be a rude podcast host, and I'm gonna turn the game on my TV and angle my TV. Hold on one second. Do it, man. I I need this. This is a this is a big win for me. Same thing. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show Every other thing we've recorded just had me looking over here. To the <laughs> Bradford of... in New York? Yeah, he is. There's Bradford's in New there York. There are many. I've heard that there are many people in New York. I can't confirm it. There's though. a few. There's there's a handful. Dream Only Rad. a handful. It's Dream yeah. Rad. It's not. It's a small little hovel <laughs> <laughs> located. It's a little little coast town. You know. <laughs> I wish there was a way to seg this into into our next clip here. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Because <laughs> it's funny. Um, but, uh, oh man, uh, Scott. Scott. This we was one Scott of my next. This was another one of my low key favorite ones. This, this one, we one, were yeah. uh, we didn't talk about sports all that much. It was, it was pretty random. I didn't think like usually again by the time we get to talking about things like immigration and <laughs> uh, holding cells, we're like at least two hours in, and we got to this one like twenty <laughs> minutes in. He really hit us with some with some stories. Uh, as yeah. In, so <laughs> important context, I think, is if you do not know Scott's Scott's name is Scott Chu. <laughs> And uh, if you do not know Scott, um, I, he is a very, very white ginger. So I'm not just calling only out room his... for one of those on this podcast. <laughs> you that much. I'm not just calling out his race for no reason. Just so you know, uh, it, it is in, important to this story. It's it's a funny story though, uh, and we there's also a little bit of conversation about. Apparently, it's a thing to drive up to Wisconsin. A lot or drive or from Wisconsin to uh, to Canada, right? From Michigan, from Michigan to Canada. Michigan to so, Canada. yeah, the, the geographic context is, you know, if you're Michigan is in the United States. However, right, right across the border from the United States is uh, Canada. And, you know, most of the time there are at least, you know, relatively few access points from the United States into Canada, um, at least popular ones. But if you are in Michigan, particularly the eastern half of the state, the good old city of Windsor, Ontario is like you know, 10 minutes away from Detroit. It's a real easy drive. So, uh, and as you probably know, the drinking age in Canada is 19. Uh, it is 21 in the United States for our, our, uh, you know, Canadian listeners, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, so naturally if you're 10 minutes away from Canada and you turn 19, what are you going to do? Well, Scott's going to tell you. We, the two of us get told you have to go over there into like the real immigration. We're in this like holding cell for like an hour 
with there's like one other group and they like they definitely don't speak english over there we're kind of sitting there we're like what happened turns out like as the and it didn't occur to me until i thought about it later the whole time they're staring at my id right they're saying your name's scott I'm like, they're like i'm like yeah yeah like, scott chu yeah yeah how do you spell that uh uh c-h-u uh-huh what's your address mr chu like they don't believe me right like <laughs> <laughs> they they look at me and they're like, okay, whatever, Callahan. Like, you know, what, I don't oh know what joke God. you're trying to pull here, Mister O'Leary, but <laughs> you ain't no chew. <laughs> like that was, and it just occurred to me that that's probably what was going on. And so, you know, we're there for about, and finally, like they they let us, you know, they let us go. And you know what was nice though is we were right next to the duty free, so we were able to get a bunch of <laughs> cheap, but. <laughs> I'm sure at 19, really that's probably out. a fine trade-off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like at 19, like at 19, like that's just a story. Like, wh- like, what are you gonna do? Waste my time? That's all I do. That's like that's my life mission at 19. Is I just waste time. <laughs> they 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 used to do that. I'm told um, in Wisconsin here because Wisconsin was the last, I believe, the last state to raise the drinking age from 18 to 21. So, what would kids from you know, the Chicago land area do, but pile into cars and drive up to Wisconsin. And this is probably a grossly oversimplified understanding of things, but like they, they, they got them pull their federal highway money or something like that. Cause you know, no, that's right. Weird. Yeah. yeah so the, yeah. the federal government couldn't inf- so my, I do have a little bit of background oh, in law, and so I, I'm, I'm really glad you know this. So this is like uh, fill, fill in the rest of the story. This is like kind of hearsay on my part. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. So essentially, not without going the whole thing. Basically, they were withholding funds for road repair uh, because they it, this the U.S. government can't generally penalize states for not doing what the federal government wants it to do, right? But they found a way to sort of craft it as like a bonus kind of thing. Like, Hey, if you have this drink, like we won't, you don't have to pay anything, but if you do have a drinking age of 21 or older, uh, you get this bonus highway money we have over here. And Wisconsin for a long time was like, screw that. You know, like, we'll just keep driving over the snow. It'll be fine. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then finally, you know, they, they bit the bullet and went, went and did it. But, like that that to me like that'd be tougher so like at least when you go to canada you're like all right we'll go over there we'll have some poutine or whatever uh <laughs> which we probably want when we were drunk anyway just a bunch of cheese and gravy and fries but i'm just thinking like man from chicago you go to wisconsin and it's like that's a rough combo because it's just like dairy and beer and i just don't feel like those things go together super well and that 19 year olds or whatever aren't going to be like super responsible about understanding the combination also- of dairy and beer <laughs> You're not wrong there. You're not wrong as far as regional foods go. That being said, Wisconsin and Madison are probably just as places a lot more fun than Windsor, I'd be willing to bet. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, Windsor no. had uh, a casino. Um, I don't know, you, how we, I don't know Detroit, what that has to do with food, honestly, but, you know. <laughs> no, no. So, like, the, the food is just, like, I mean, it's just gravy and stuff like a canadian food like i'm sure that colin or mark tell you great things about canadian food but i remember i did so i'm at this i'm at this casino and i'm like all right i'm starving it's like 1 a.m or whatever it's like i gotta get some food and i order a burger right i just order a burger whatever it's gonna be fine and uh it, it occurs to me like 10 minutes after i make this order it's like you know they never asked me how i wanted that cooked because they're they're darn canadians well only it was only you weren't even allowed to ask just well done 
and it was not oh, super yeah. satisfying. Let me say, like even pretty drunk me was like, this is dry and gross. Like all, oh, like God. I wanted to love whatever I was about to eat, and I couldn't do it. I'll eat Taco Bell all day, but I couldn't eat this well burger. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. Oh, I couldn't even imagine having a well done burger. That's like just having a hockey puck. I can like, still feel it crumbling in my mouth. Like yeah, like <laughs> like I can still feel it just like falling apart, like dissolving. Dude, I I remember th- this reminded me of uh sort of almost the opposite. Um, I went to really late at night. I'd gone uh out drinking with a couple friends, and we went to this twenty four hour diner in Annapolis, and it's like you know, one thirty in the morning or whatever we get there. And one of my friends says he wants a burger. I'm like, all right, cool. And the waiter says, how do you want it done? He goes medium rare. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> you are at a 24 hour diner and it's one thirty in the morning. You want to play that game a chance? You want a medium rare hamburger at this, the double T diner of Annapolis. That's a that's a gambling man. Like that's what that is. <laughs> and I ordered a burger too, and I was like, medium well, please. They did not do my medium well. I think they did both of ours medium rare. I bit into this thing and was like, oh god, this could be a really bad night. <laughs> Luckily, it worked out. So props to the chef at the Double T Diner, uh, who <laughs> who knew apparently at one thirty in the morning knew how to prepare a medium rare hamburger well. But man, I cannot imagine like walking into a diner that late and be like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Like, how about just some stoned 17 year old in the back? Like (laughs) medium rare. How do I do that? How do I do that? Yeah. And it was, it was definitely medium rare. Like he cut into it and it was very pink. I'm like, that is a roll of the dice is what (laughs) that is. Oh my God. I was like, dude, you, uh, and we were sober too. Like, it wasn't like, this was like some drunk order. He was stone cold sober. I'm like, "Mm, okay. Um, but anyways, uh, something I learned about you, Scott, that I would, I am very curious about. Um, and, and after this, I do want to, we do want to talk about curling and we will talk about curling. I promise. But I have learned that you are, I believe, and maybe the internet lied to me, fluent in sign language. Yeah. Fluent enough. So both of my parents are deaf. Right. So that, okay. That is why I I was very curious. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when I say fluent enough, it's because like there is a formal, like, you know, American sign language, right. That you can learn, you can take classes for. I never did that. Right. Like I learned because my parents signed at me. Like, I mean, just really the same way anyone learns to talk, except you can do it earlier because little babies can move their hands better than they can make all the intricate movements in their mouth. So I, I learned and I can, Sign with them really well, and I can I can sign with most people. I'm just not that good at it. I forget words now all the time because I don't use it all the time anymore, right? Like just when I see my parents, which isn't all the time despite the fact they live close. So it's it's always this thing where I don't – if you think about like a language that you learn, you'll forget words you don't use, right? Words that you, know, you just don't often use in context. You kind of have to think about them. So, I mean, the one nice thing about sign language is you can always just point to stuff and be like, I'm talking about that thing over there. I don't know how to sign it, but it's that. <laughs> but, uh, like, one of them I always forget would be, like, bread or, like, potato, right? Because you think about, like, when's the last time I said the word potato to my parents, right? 
that I couldn't just say something else or wasn't like holding a potato or being like, I'm just talking about this. It's like just easier to like yeah. brandish the potato than it is to sign it. <laughs> and the only, only reason I remember it now is because, so sign language is a unique language because it's, it's invented by people who speak another language natively, right? So American sign language is different than British or English sign language because they're invented at different times in different places. Here in the States, it's uh, I think it's the guy named Gallaudet. There's a university uh, out on the East Coast called Gallaudet University, which is like a deaf college. All the classes are in sign language. It's pretty cool. But they invent it, and over time, like the, the deaf community also like sort of adds signs and, and builds it out. But things happen in it that aren't great because like – one, most people who learn sign language don't learn from their parents, right? They actually learn from their friends. My Neither of my parents knew sign language till they were older, right? Like, so my mom didn't learn it until after she was out of high school. Both of my parents are in their 60s. In that time, it was a lot more common for schools to try to teach lip reading so that people could blend in, which, you know, is not great, right? Because, like, right. the best rip le- lip readers can do, like, 40% of what you're saying. Cause so much happens inside the mouth that just can't be seen. And so like they, you know, they try to assimilate, but they're never going to be that good at it. Right. Because you're just going to lose so much context. Anyway, my mom learns after high school, my dad learns, uh, after he meets my mom, like my mom's his second wife. So he, he had a wife before my mom and she was hearing and they never had sign language. He just read her lips all the time. Hey, you know, it didn't work out, but <clears throat> yeah. you know, he learned sign language later. So, there's signs that um, are not super PC, right? Like oh, my, really? Yeah. <clears throat> so my dad, they they've been changed since. So, but my dad is half Korean. My grandpa's from Korea. I'm a quarter Korean. That's why my last name is Chu. And right. uh, he the the whatever sign you for, say, oh Hallahan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, Gallagher, you're telling you know, me you're but, telling me the immigration <laughs> officials were being racist. <laughs> That like, doesn't. What? You know what, Scott? That does not sound like them. Not in the United <laughs> States of America. Profiling is just not what they do. No. But uh, no. like, so my dad's sign language name. So most people's sign language name is like the first letter of their name and then some kind of motion, right? So mine is a sign for letter S, which is just a closed fist with your thumb on the outside, and you pound it on your chest, right? Sort of like respect. But Scott, uh, that's my sign name, and so I would usually spell it out first and then show them the sign, and we can just do it that way. My dad's was different because in West Michigan, there is a finite number of Asian deaf men. And by finite number, I mean one. There's one Asian (laughs) deaf guy, (laughs) and it's Steve Chu. So his sign was actually the sign for Korean at the time, which was the letter K, and then right up on the corner of the I. Like, I know you guys, not everyone can see, but yeah, like that was was the sign, right? And it's since been changed to something way better. But like- even even Irish, right? Like so the all the way back to my little thing about potato. I'd forget about potato until I remembered uh that the signs there's many signs that share the same sign, right? Like sort of like the ASL version of like a hominin, but <clears throat> the sign for potato is other people can't see me, but it's like it's this interesting motion where it's like you've got two fingers on one hand, you like drop them onto the fist of the other hand. I don't know why, okay. but that's it. Okay. I bet you can't guess what the sign for Irish is. Oh my God! Is it potato? <laughs> it is, is exactly it potato? the same as the sign for potato. <laughs> you know they have one family. No. They have one 
one famine, and that is wow, all dude, they are known wow. for is their yeah, potatoes. It, it may have been it's, changed, right? But like you remember, wow, you have to remember that like sign language is so in, racist, man. Well, it is. <laughs> but like, well, it was. It's gotten a lot better, but it was because who invented it? Some white dude in the 1800s, right? right like, right. If you gotta look back. Like stuff invented by white dudes in the 1800s, probably racist, right? right, like, right. Racist, baseball, par for the course. Yeah. Well, it's like I'm just imagining this, like this, like the next clip that we have. I forgot how bonkers that story was when I listened to it again. <laughs> yeah, it it was wild. It was hilarious. Uh, it would have been terrifying at the time, but hilarious. I, was, um, I never knew any of the 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 sign language uh, stuff with Scott. That was so interesting. No, that was uh, that was that. super yeah. interesting. I could have talked about that. That was like a whole. That's a whole world that I just know nothing about. Yeah, um, learned actually learned. I learned a lot on this podcast, you know, yeah. more than I do on most other baseball podcasts, <laughs> which is, I mean, a low bar to clear for the most. Part. <laughs> uh, um, this the next one is maybe one of my favorite moments on the podcast. So uh, it's um, so Bradford in this uh, clip talks a bit about where. He's uh, from Queens, New York, Forest Hills. Uh, but one of the funniest moments on the on the pod for me, I love when we get to do bits. You know, we just start riffing about stuff, and uh, we just started talking about Cookie Monster's social media presence, and as one the, does, yeah. as one does, um, and the idea of cookie monster getting in uh some pr trouble over some old racist tweets which just led to a whole riff that was still makes me laugh like to this day and it it, (laughs) it's a bit that i i had like the next day repeated for some friends because it was like you guys this was the funny (laughs) this is just it's a hilarious idea to me it just makes me it makes me laugh so Anyways, yes, this is one of my favorite bits we've ever done on the show. Bradford William Davis. Bradford um, William Davis. Yeah, Cookie I just Monster. said Bradford as if, he, as if you did. <laughs> I had to. I didn't. I didn't want to cut over you there, but no, no, no you're right. We'll, Thank we'll you. roll it. We'll roll it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit about growing up in Queens and just what what is Queens to you? Uh, what you know? T- tell me the story of Bradford William Davis uh, in New York City. Yeah, man. So I grew up in a neighborhood called Forest Hills. Um, Forest Hills is, I think, the great its greatest pop culture significance is two things. One is the tennis stadium. Um, originally being there before they moved, before they built, you know, Louis Armstrong and Arthur Ashe over in uh, like the Corona Flushing area, which is actually where my mother grew up in Corona. Um, but. Uh, but you know, before that, that you know, the, the the tennis stadium was in Forest Hills. You know, now it's like a pri- now it, it well, growing up was a private tennis club and probably still is, but they also make it like a concert hall. So uh, it's kind of funny in this like su- uh, very serene, quiet, upper middle class neighborhood, like a Drake and Lil Wayne concert, and being able to hear like the acoustics like a mile away, like like very audibly. You know, like I, I, it makes me happy that uh, all the people who um, messed with me while I was, you know. And instantly walking, you know, to the corner store, like, you know, now have to listen to, to, uh, you know, uh, loud, abrasive rap lyrics, you know, um, during the, the you know, uh, at night, uh, that, make, that, make, that makes me happy. I can't wait for 
uh, the pandemic to be over specifically for those people to be disrupted again. No, um, but that's a good segue, segue into, into my, my relationship with Queens. So I, I love Queens. I put on for Queens. Barcelona is where I grew up. Um, it is not the place I have the closest affinity to, you know, even though it's, again, it's a very beautiful neighborhood. Like, you know, you see like these stately, like sort of tutors, you know, um, everywhere. Um, you know, even it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, everywhere in New York buying property is expensive. Like, you know, that's why I don't own property at this point, but, um, you know, but like, it's, you know, but, uh, but Queen, but Farcels is always on, on the more expensive side, you know, um, and then there's an area called the Farcels Gardens, even when I grew up there, when I moved there, like in the nineties, um, uh, Farcels Gardens being like a private enclave within the neighborhood that where every, every home was worth at least a million dollars, basically. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they had their own like sort of like, you know, private, you know, services. I mean, I, uh, like, uh, I don't know if they had trash pickup from so they probably did, but they definitely had rent-a-cops. And I know that because whenever I would like be like strolling through there too late at night or like, you know, trying to impress like a girl, like, you know, by going to like one of the parks there, um, they aren't gated or locked or anything, like, but it's like kind of like these like grassy lawns and they'd be like, hey, do you live here? And I'm like, yeah, um, I live here, but not, you know, <laughs> but not your version of here, you know, um, and, and, you know, and, and now, let alone there could be some, there be some like white kids like, you know, ten yards away from me doing drugs like and, you know. But here I am, like having a picnic with my friend, like literally a picnic, bro. Like you know, like ham and cheese sandwiches and Doritos and, and some Coca Cola, and like you know, and, and I'm getting press um, because I live, you know, you know, three blocks outside of outside of the gardens rate radius. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't have like that deep of a emotional affinity for it, even though it is a very, you know, beautiful place to like look, look at and walk through. However, I do love Queens because Queens is more than, um, Queens is definitely, thank God, it's more than the Forest Hills, even though it was cool when, you know, they filmed the, the Toby Maguire Spider Man, you know, like a few blocks from my house. And that, that was like pretty dope. I was bragging on my friends. But like, but, 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 is where uh, Spider Man's from. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so that, I, I did. I definitely, you know, I, I definitely flexed a lot when I was like, yeah. you know, in s- sixth grade, <laughs> that movie came out. But, <laughs> um, but like, let's see, Queens to me though, like it's, it's Jackson Heights, you know, it's like where, you know, it's where I get a fade. It's where I'd, um, you know, I could try like pretty much any sort of cuisine from South America, the Middle East, or like, the Pacific Rim of an East, you know, like, like, I get, like, you know, anywhere in East or Southeast Asia, like all of that was there, you know, within, you know, and you could walk from spot to spot. That's like Queens to me, you know, Queens is like Rosedale, which is where my grandma who passed away um, early this year, like, you know, um, lived and, uh, and, you know, it's close to JFK and apparently like the, you know, the, the flight route, you know, like was like directly over, like maybe eight inches over, like our, our house apparently because every 20 minutes like we just hear the loud roar of uh of a, of a jet you know <laughs> like during like family function cookouts and stuff like that and um like you know and, and of course it was annoying when I, you know when i'm trying to like talk to someone but like but it's like now i now i i kind of i miss that like you know that <laughs> that piercing roar <laughs> that lets you know that you could like set your watch to um you know quick queens is uh you know, Queens is more than that. You know, Queens is, is you know iconic hip hop. You know, like it, it's it's um 
it's Nas and Fiddy and you know and Tribe like um it's uh yeah it's so much more you know um than than just the uh the neighborhood that didn't really want me um uh, as a young black kid growing up there but like you know but and so um I I I that's why I put on for Queens even though I don't live there anymore no more I, li- I grew up uh, I went to you know I went I went to you know elementary school junior high high school in that borough but like but now I live in Upper Manhattan that's like Harlem Washington Heights area like I've bounced around there for like did, almost a decade. Did you go to Forest Hills High School? I did not go to Forest Hills High School. Um, a lot of my friends did from junior high, or you know, people I knew anyway. Like, but I, and I went to another school. I was gonna say that's where both Simon and Garfunkel went. <laughs> ah, hmm. yeah, they both they both graduated. They so they were uh, well. I don't remember Garfunkel, but Paul Simon's from Jersey, and then eventually lived in the in the Forest Hills area. But both of them uh, have some roots in Forest Hills. Yeah, there. I mean, honestly, uh, Peter Parker might not be like the apex of like cultural. I'm trying to remember. Like, oh yeah, there's some people like who like. Who but I'm sure. Here, but you, know. you probably have like a bit of an extra affinity for those movies, though, which do take a lot of heat from the Zoomers these days. <laughs> no, Look, listen, I mean, those the, are good movies. I think so. I'm far this, more the first. Two I have, I'm not familiar with most of the Muppets, but I am familiar with Sesame Street, so I would vote great. Yes, Sesame Street. Yeah, we include that. I, I love, I love, no, I do love the Muppets too. Actually, I do really enjoy them, but I think Cookie Monster is my favorite. Cookie Monster is great and also has a great social media presence. <laughs> big, big fan of Cookie Monster. Very, very, very strong brand, Cookie Monster. Dude, um, Cookie Monster's Twitter is a blast. <laughs> I guess I got to check this out. Like, you have not seen I, Cookie Monster's Twitter? Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's very heavily, spoiler alert, heavily cookie themed. Uh, <laughs> couldn't have, couldn't have seen that one coming. <laughs> a lot of co- and and a lot of good commentary on economic it notes. She's <laughs> got some okay. very interesting mm. thoughts on marginal tax rates <laughs> and how they affect cookie production. Uh, <laughs> See the means of cookie production. <laughs> What's what? Uh, uh, but you know, what? Cookie Monster was caught using that uh, that slur. Back in 2013, <laughs> you know, someone dug up his old tweets. So uh, I don't know. We're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to really 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 revisit, you know, his le- his legacy and, and his idea, cultural impact. Cookie canceled. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Hashtag cancel oh, Cookie no. Monster. Um, Me victim <laughs> of wokeism. <laughs> 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 oh gosh! Oh gosh! This is <laughs> I, that's great. I don't even want to send. I don't want to send my imagination down. I, I love down the idea of Cookie hole. Monster at like a in a PR nightmare and just like Cookie, <laughs> we got a problem. They dug up your old tweets, the really racist ones. <laughs> Cookie Monster, <laughs> burn them. Me in trouble. <laughs> burn them. So it's like this Cookie Monster well. this solemn this solemn press conference like me understand me make mistake and pass oh, but me no. more mature human being oh, me understand me understand me working to better me. my me working to better myself <laughs> me this is this is an SNL skit. And, then, and that was it's also it's worth saying too that Bradford was genuinely, I think, one of the most gracious guests we've had so far. Oh my God. If yeah. Not only just because he was an, just an incredibly cool individual, but uh, you may you might notice sometimes if you catch like the beginning of the podcast, Ben will frequently remind me to make sure that we're recording. And if you don't, if you don't hear that, or, I'm sorry, if you do hear that, it's because I did you know remember uh, to record. But if you don't hear it, which does 
you probably don't remember it. It's probably because I did not remember to hit the record button. Uh, because what we do when we have guests on the spot is we just kind of like drop everyone in the room and start talking. You know, we'll go through a little, a little bit of prep beforehand. Like we don't really say much of anything. It's just kind of a conversation starter. And, uh, you know, sometimes the conversation is so good. You forget to hit the button that makes the computer remember the conversation. And unfortunately we got a, we got a full 15 minutes into, into <laughs> our pod with Bradford before, before Ben hit me with the, uh, um, are we recording Zach? Yeah. Uh, that was, and, and God bless him. <laughs> we started over and he did everything all over again and was very patient. That was, was a second nice take that y'all just heard. That was a second take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the bit about Queens and all that was like, yeah, the second take. <laughs> so God bless him. Bradford, you're the best. Uh, we all, so, Next up, we have Justin Choi, who was also coming to us from Korea, if I remember correctly. He yes. was. Um, and talking a little bit about... Uh, he he really got into competitive skiing, which I thought was interesting, because I, I mentioned this in the clip. I didn't really think anybody paid attention to like skiing and stuff <laughs> like that outside of the Olympics. Like everyone... You know, the Olympics come around, and all of a sudden, we're like, yeah, I love luging. Uh, but Skeleton outside, is all new, man. <laughs> yeah, I awesome. Stan. But Justin's into it, uh, and we talk a little bit about uh, a few other things, including um, a time that he laughed super hard at Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just one of those. <laughs> right, it's a hot dog salad, salad which is like it's fine. Just... It's good. <laughs> man. Oh, we will get some so more weird. food. We will get some more food in a little bit. Um, stuff. Yes. But I, I do want to ask, um, we haven't we've we've talked actually probably more baseball on this pod than on many, many of the other shaggy we've right? done. But um do you have any non baseball favorite sports or non baseball favorite athletes? Um good question. Um you know what? I used to have a lot of favorites, but then now, as I'm totally into baseball, I kind of lost track of a lot of the players. Um, but I did used to enjoy, um, like, competitive skiing and snowboarding, oh, too. Wow. So, like, huh. um, like Sean White, for example. He is the only snowboarder I could name, ever. I could not name another snowboarder. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of Sean White yeah. comparisons as a you. As a I'm sure child. if you grew, oh, yeah. if you grew your hair out. Oh, like, when I was longer. in like fourth grade, man, and it was around that time too. It would have been like 2005. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Oh my god, I can only imagine. So, so, you, so you were keeping up with competitive skiing and snowboarding. That's interesting. I feel like most people don't keep up with that outside of like the Olympics. Yeah, because uh, I skied for a while. Not competitively, huh. but I was pretty into it. So, um, you know, I just started watching some of the games. And, um, yeah, and, you know, that happened mostly, like, in New Jersey. But uh, I've kind of lost track of them. So, I'm, you know, you guys kind of reminded me that that world still exists. So, I'm maybe I'm going to, you know, hop off the podcast yeah. and then uh, go search for some videos of there we talk go. That's what that's what we do at Shag and Flies. Talk to Scott you. Talk to Scott you, and we can get some fantasy like winter sports collective. Yeah, going. Scott. Oh, Scott right. Chew. Curling, right? curling. Mm-hmm. curling. Yeah. yeah, he's real big into curling. Yeah, curling yes. is awesome. It's 
It's almost as weird as baseball. It is. It is weird. Yeah, it is definitely really weird. As far as I like, I like that but the whole like yeah, try to explain sounds, it to a person who has hey, never than seen anything before, who has no frame of reference. I think that's a good uh, measure. Of yeah. Like anyway, you know, it could be that yeah, remember like what happened. What? It could be that they don't remember what happened, right? Could be. But yeah. Yeah. someone erases memories, right? There you because go. There the ghosts don't want you to remember that you heard them or saw them. Right? This is so, the kind of thinking I like to hear. Yeah. That's so that what complex, it is. Like analytical thinking, right? We've all been neuralized. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So uh, keeping along the lines of not even the supernatural, but the, um, I guess, yes, the supernatural kind of, if you had a superpower, what would you pick slash what would it be? Hmm. Um, you know, it's because I'm lazy, I guess, but I just want to just teleport somewhere wherever I want. <laughs> Teleportation it does sound super convenient, and <laughs> yeah, and if I would that happens, it. like moving around becomes becomes fun. You know, it's like a hobby now, right? <laughs> and that might make exercising more enjoyable for me. Um, I mean, like every good science fiction and fantasy movie, TV show, book, whatever, damn near ever written is like predicated on basically the ability to. Um, transport from one place to the other instantaneously so that's really that's building the foundation you know that's building the foundation absolutely um all right i would like to ask one more question before we get to our final section of the podcast the full count and the question i want to ask uh tell me about a time in which you laughed really really hard it could be the hardest you've ever laughed it could be just a recent time where you're just, you know, tears are rolling down your face. You're laughing so hard for whatever reason. Somebody fell down. Somebody farted. Whatever. You're in a situ- you're at a funeral and you thought of something really funny and you're not supposed to be laughing. Whatever it might be. Tell me and then it does not have to be a good story. In fact, they often aren't and that's totally fine. I want to hear it. So tell me about a time in which you laughed super hard. So recently I've been watching some Hell's Kitchen on Netflix. Nice. Great watch. Great watch. Super fun. Yeah. And so, you know, after I watch a show, one thing I do is I go on YouTube and search for like compilations or like past clips of a certain season or even the entire series. And it wasn't actually my first time watching it, but um, there's the the moment where Gordon Ramsay yells at someone for using a nonstick pan. Yeah. And that moment is legendary because while he's screaming at, at the woman, the poor woman, like his voice cracks when he says like nonstick, like the voice kind of goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it cracks mid sentence. And so like, that was just hilarious to me for some reason, I guess it's because <laughs> that was after watching like, hours of hell's kitchen. Yeah. And so um, you see him be really serious and mature for for hours, and then suddenly his voice cracks like he's going through puberty. <laughs> and also, he's really mad at the same time. He's he's furious. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely enraged, and then that happens. So yeah, that that was just that was that killed me. <sighs> so the best the best laugh moments are the ones where you really shouldn't be laughing, and you know, yeah, 
Gordon Ramsay is funny, but <laughs> yes, I can see it being a moment there where he's like, he does the same thing so routinely and you just, you completely lose it. That was, that was a fun episode. Cause I like, mm. I love Justin deeply. He's one of my favorite people on the baseball internet, but if like all you know of him is, is following him on Twitter or maybe reading his work, he, uh, you might not get, he's hard to get a read on as opposed to some people like, you know, I'm somebody who I think on my, like my, uh, full personality tends to, I can't keep my mouth shut. You know what I'm saying? Like I am going to, you're going to know who I am through my Twitter, which is not necessarily a good thing. And yes, yeah, before I talked uh, to Justin, I wasn't quite sure. I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but his, it was one of the more eclectic and just, uh, that was, that was a fun one. A, yeah. A that true, that like, was fun. To know someone, I, I also fully understand the condition of uh, not being able to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I've always, I even like today, it, uh, literally today, like the day that we are recording this, whenever you're happening to listen to it, <laughs> listener, I was, I don't even remember why, but I had Wikipedia Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Um, <laughs> and I saw this picture of him and he just had the most fabulous mustache. And so I felt I had to tweet it out. And the thing that's to me, I'm like in my brain, I know how I got there. Like I know the path that I wound down to end up looking at a picture of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. But I don't know that I needed to tweet it. Like nobody paid attention to it, which they shouldn't. I was just like, look at this great mustache on the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. And like I said, to me, I know how I got there to someone who's just scrolling on Twitter. They're just like, the hell <laughs> you're going to get doxxed by the Gavrilo Princip fan club. <laughs> Be so, prepared. so uh, the the moral of the story is you don't always have to tweet everything. <laughs> you don't always have to talk about anything on a podcast. No, either, you but don't. Here we are anyway. <laughs> um, we have next up uh, one of my favorite people, DJ Short, uh, who uh, we talked a lot of music in this episode. We talked a little bit of music in this clip and uh, fashion a tiny bit, or how fashion has changed. Um, then we all, we also talk about something near and dear to my heart, dad jokes. And I, uh, offer up what my, one of my favorite dad jokes of all time. Uh, there were a plethora of dad jokes. Hey, call back, uh, man. I wish, I wish I could have cut more of this because the whole conversation we had with DJ about, you know, culture and music and fashion yeah. was, was super, super interesting, but you're going to have to just listen to, <laughs> the whole thing to get get the full scope of it, but um, yeah, it was fun. Let it roll. Yeah, right. of course. Exactly. And, and like in many ways, like uh, Craig Calcaterra, who you know is one of my colleagues for a long time at NBC. You know, he's he's always said like the culture in many ways like belongs to the youth. So like, what they want to do with it is totally cool with me, as long as I can like stand in the back of the club and like tap my foot. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, something that's yeah. really been lost in the pandemic, though, is that I felt like how much music you do pick up socially, though, you yeah. know, like mm -hmm. so many times it's like I'm, you know, the amount of I mean, half of the shit that I listen to in college is like, yo, I hear something at a party and I'm like, oh, what's that song? I like that song. I go look it up and then you go down a total rabbit hole. And that happened right. like none for the last year and a half, damn near. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I funny because totally there's been this debate on like uh I guess like style Twitter recently of like uh, what jeans are cool right now? Are, should you be wearing like uh, skinny jeans or, or wide leg jeans? And I'm like, how do we even know what? Style <laughs> like, have you seen anyone recently? Yeah. Like I've only seen 
my wife and my two little kids like for a year. So like, I don't know what jeans are cool. Do you? What what styles are uh, trending for 2020 and 2021? It's sweatpants as well. <laughs> exactly. It's sweatpants yeah, and overly comfortable t-shirts. You know, I I kind of bought into the indie rock style and like kind of kept that style like through now, I'll just say. But <laughs> last year I was like, I'm home. I bought sweatpants. And yeah, I'm man. cool with that. And I have like athletic pants. I'm sitting around. I don't need to wear skinny jeans. That is the style. that is the first step as a dad. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna go down the dad hill. And before you know it, you're tucking your t shirt into your jorts <laughs> while you're wearing your new balances with your tube socks pulled up and you're you're like at cookouts like tossing people frescas. And I, like clamping the grill tongs at people after you tell a dirty joke, like <laughs> that actually sounds like someone who's like totally cool, right? Actually, it sounds great. You know, like <laughs> they don't care know, what right? anybody thinks, or they think they look great. I don't know exactly. <laughs> um, the last last music thing before we song, uh, pivot to baseball, I did want to ask Harrelson about yelling mercy uh, you over all the curses. Um, yes, and audacity, that, yeah. but that's, that where is, did that's you get it. your? I don't know what your theme song is. What? It, what oh, is uh, I I wrote it, and uh, oh. it's it's just a guitar uh, lick it's that we. Just no big deal. He just came up with it. He's wearing a Van Gogh shirt. He's an artiste. No, no, <laughs> this is no, this is much worse than a Van Gogh shirt. It is a I, uh, <laughs> Van Gogh, Van Going, and Van Gone. Okay, oh, that's such a, you are such a dad, man. It's a dad shirt. It's a dad shirt. It elicits great uh, eye rolls. But uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, and you know what? The eye roll really, that's what it's for. Yes. That's, that's, that's what you're there for. Like when, when you go up to somebody and be like, hey, man, I knew somebody was addicted to brake fluid. He said he could stop at any time. And then when you get the person who's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> dad that's, joke that's, connoisseur oh, my, my dad does this man. one thing because i my last name's short so you know yeah. we'd go to a restaurant and my dad would say you know party of four for short as in short <laughs> weight and he'd always like elbow the the person at the desk <laughs> and like we would all like just roll our eyes or like turn away like, we don't know this that guy. is such oh my <laughs> so, god that's I, such a bad <laughs> thing i love I'm, that I'm gonna have to put this on our list of random stuff. I just want to ask it now before we get into what is usually yeah, the first yeah. thing. Do you do you yeah. have a favorite dad joke? Oh. oh man, I I don't know. I'm big into puns, so I will try to make yes. puns out of pretty much every situation. Okay. Valid. Um, and I think Chris Crawford, who is another writer at NBC, he is big into puns too. So I think he's been a terrible terrible influence on me uh but in a good i mean also in a good way it's pretty entertaining we we try to keep up with our puns as much as we can that's most of what our slack conversations are for for nbc actually great yeah. for headlines dude dad jokes, headlines? Dad, jokes, <laughs> dad jokes are the best but i think i think i actually have a favorite which is uh it's i'm sure you guys have heard it before uh a man goes to a funeral and uh, walks up to the uh, the dead man's wife and says, may I say a word? And the woman says, of course. And he says, plethora. And she says, thanks. That means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's another variation of that joke 
in which the the man. Uh, <laughs> there's another version of that joke in which I the hate man. That that's funny. It's well. Wait till you, the other version of it. There's the man walks up to the woman and says, "May I say a word?" She says, "Of course." And he says, "El mundo," and she says, "Thanks." That would have meant the world to him. <laughs> All my jokes are like from this like little kids joke book that I tell my kids and they're not like that. They No, nor should you be telling your children that. They're like, yeah. "How did the astronaut put the baby to sleep?" You rock it. It's like those nice. kind of jokes. Nice. So, oh, they my love, uh, they love it. it it's my, it, kills. it kills. My son came home from school one day. He was like, "Hey dad, did you hear about the kidnapping at school?" And I was like, "What?" He's like, "It's okay. He woke up." I'm just like <laughs> Where that's did you hear that? Good. That's pretty good. Actually. Like he startled me for a second. I was like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> Should have gotten a letter and a phone call about that. He's like, "No, it's okay. You woke up." Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's. He's definitely my son. Uh, I, I really did enjoy his characterization, though. Of because um, I especially look. I love. I love my father to death. He's one of my hmm. favorite people in the world, but he's also someone who, you know, thinks that no good culture has been made since, you know, 1988 or something like that. Dude, so I'm glad I kind of snapped out of that and realized like, changed. Oh, there is actually good music. There but... is things get made. So I thought, yeah. yeah. And I thought the way the DJ, the DJ put that and I have, you've just heard the clip. So uh, pardon me if I sound stupid, but uh, so when he said, he said like, you know, the culture belongs to the youth, and as long as they're okay with me standing in the back and tapping my foot, it's cool by me. I'm like, yes, that is the that is the energy we need. That yep, is the energy exactly. we need from from the non babies in the room right now. I guess exactly. And, uh, just, DJ, just roll with it. He he was also the f- I want to say the first of our really good ghost stories. No disrespect yeah. to the. 12 or 13 guests we had before him and none of them had ghost stories we just got hit with no after no after no after no after no until dj came along with a very straightforward and not particularly scary but still like you know a very real very legit ghost story and uh we'll have you know we we didn't get too many we still only have like really three or four real hardcore ghost stories um yeah but when we got them, they were good. So uh, we'll we'll play those for you here, starting with starting with DJ. I I feel like this is one of those very. Uh, it's like for some people, they'll use it as something like you're stupid if you believe in ghosts or something. But I have seen a ghost. Love it. You are one of the few. Tell me everything. No detail is is boring. I just so everything. My grandparents' house in New York. There used to be sort of like it, late afternoon, like a clanging noise. And we assumed that it was someone who worked as like a, a plumber or like a, you know, fixer upper kind of guy. And he would come home from work and put down his toolbox. That's kind of what we thought for a really long time. So it would, we thought it would go up the stairs to where there were like two bedrooms and you could see the steps from the living room. So one night, my brother and I were like, we are going to sleep in the living room and we are going to wait all night long to see if there's actually a, a ghost that goes up the stairs. So we waited and waited and waited and we saw a ghost go up the stairs, look at us and keep going. And then you needed, dude, right? <laughs> I think we still just slept in the living room. We we're like, okay, we did it. Like, wow. How old were you? I was maybe 12. 
I I love that you guys have been like, I love that you guys were like, you know what? There's a ghost to this here. That's cool. cool. All right. Like that. Yeah. The guy's tired. I'll tell mom in the morning. (laughs) It never hurt anyone. I think it was like, I I can't really explain like why or how, but, or how ghosts even work. I, if we knew that we would, you know, have all the answers, but, uh, it just was like I'm doing just imagining it, you coming on the podcast being like, and I, I know exactly it, how ghosts I work and it. let me yeah. t- <laughs> But I think it was just doing what it did every day. Like the ghost was like stuck in this loop and it would just like keep going up the stairs or whatever. But that's, I definitely saw it. It turned and it looked at me and I kept going up the stairs. That's so freaking cool, I can man. See how that would be a little comforting though. It's like, you know, that he, they didn't want anything to do with you. They're just oh. minding their own business, you know, like, oh, cool. You're there. Like, whatever. And if it was bad, like they would have done something to you, you know? Yeah, of course. So years after that, my my grandmother passed away and the ghost was gone. I don't know if she kicked him out or or (laughs) what happened, but suddenly he was gone. My brother and I, after my grandma passed away, we camped out again one night and we were like, all right, we're we're visiting grandparents. We're going to camp out again and see if we see the ghost again. Nope. Never again. Didn't hear the clanging over after you saw it but the clanging kept going after you saw it like it just was always no no, i never heard it again well i never really heard the clanging my aunt heard the clanging Mm. Hmm. just that's wild man that's your family wronged (laughs) or have you ever (laughs) had some sort of like out of body experience something weird yes oh my god yes tell me everything tell me all every detail. There is no detail um, that is too small. <laughs> Go. I think there was. A, I think there was just something that was just messing with the door in the room I was in when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, like in my first room. My sophomore year door um, at Morehouse. Oh, word! You were down there. So um, would it just yeah, like open and shut? Like... Yeah. Yeah. No, word. it would just. I... Um, it would. Yeah, it would open and shut so, every now and then. That's so weird. Just by itself, like just it would just open and shut. Yeah, I feel like that's the most honest kind of ghost story, though, because we whenever we yeah. ask this question, we want to see like, oh yes, like I saw the specter of you know Babe Ruth come to me in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but no, it's like the most. Go- I feel like most ghost stuff is like totally mundane. Like I saw, I saw a ghost the other day, and I was walking, I was walking down the street, um, and I was walking past this park, and there's like a kid play area in the park with like a sprinkler or whatever, kind of like concrete just for toddlers to run around in the water, do whatever. And there was one of those little, you know, those little toy cars that are like, you know, you run inside basically to make it move. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm walking down the street and one of those cars is just like spinning in a circle by itself. And there's like, no, there's no wind. There's no nothing. I'm kind of like, it's just spinning in a That's circle. Wild. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Word. Like it's a ghost. I just mind my own business. <laughs> And kept on going. And I feel like that's, you know, that those are the honest, the honest ghost stories. Oh, friends. Um, I, I have seen a couple of ghosts in my life. Hit me with every detail of that. Um, story. Yes. So I saw, um, I saw the first ghost that I saw in a particular period of my life when I like had started meditating but i didn't know like i didn't really know what i was doing i was just sort of doing the 
like uh, opening myself up, but being not smart about how to, knowing how to close myself down. So can I, I had a lot can of. Can I hit pause real briefly because it's super yeah. cool that you meditate? Uh, do you still do it? I do. I have my own version of meditation. Let's say, what's your what's your meditation flavor? I'm very curious. Um, I mean, I I almost don't know how to. Uh, I'm a crazy person. Is the answer no, no, that no, I no. want to have? Great. Like I um I basically I like go up and talk to my spirit guides. That's great. I love that. So it's not yeah. it's not like a totally <laughs> passive thing. Um, like there will be parts of it. It like in a way it can be a guided meditation because yeah. they will tell me what to do. They'll be like, okay, like let's just chill out for a second and just like imagine the place that you imagine when you're just chilling out and not thinking about anything. And then we'll bring you up to the place where like we talk and then we'll talk for a while. Um, yeah. But like it's the I mean I have a meditating practice that is also around like talking to characters and like asking for the like their spirit to like help me with the thing that I'm about to do. There's, so yeah, when I yeah. say acting as a spiritual exercise, I mean that very literally. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that far of a jump from doing like a, uh, you know, one of my favorite people is Jack Cornfield. He does some guided meditations that are brilliant and doing that and doing like um, um, this practice he calls loving kindness of where you are like talking and like, uh, you know, speaking, well wishes for lack of a better term mm. to a person you're imagining or to yourself or to whatever you're imagining not that far of a jump to what you're doing so i totally get that love it but anyways i just briefly wanted it that's super cool yeah so no but i haven't ever done a like it's always been sort of my own process which is why i you know was doing it poorly for a while yeah. so no 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 this is yeah. not i was not meditating while i saw a ghost okay. but like okay. a lot of uh, kind of scary stuff happened to me in this one year before I sort of, cause I do. So my theory is like, I sort of think you see ghosts if you're open to seeing ghosts. Um, sure. yeah. And, yeah, and I, and definitely. I, I think that you don't, if you're not open to seeing them. And so that's kind of why people who yep. don't believe in ghosts for the most part, until maybe something crazy happens to them are going to continue to not see ghosts. Mine was nothing about wanting to see ghosts or anything. I was just like, stupid and just kind of like opening myself up like an antenna so all kinds of like stuff was just grabbing onto me and being like we're gonna make you see this and i was like no i don't want to see that so um because i didn't know to make rules all you got to do is make rules so i don't want to see ghosts anymore so i don't see ghosts um so i the first ghost that i saw it was in my dad's house and i saw i saw him on two separate occasions this I call him little 18th century gentleman. He had like uh, sort of a, a square brown coat and like white knee socks, and he was short. But I just saw him for a second, and then he went away. And then like I saw him again a second time, and then he went away, and that was it. I mean, it scared the shit out of me. Um, my dad's theory is yeah. that like they had just had. Uh, they got like a shipment of some Swedish furniture in 
and uh that like maybe the, the the guy was like hanging out with the furniture and like didn't have anywhere else to go anyway i've never seen that ghost uh since in my dad's house so i think he was just passing through um and he was benign like i was very yeah. scared at the time but like in comparison to some other things that did not feel benign he felt pretty benign and then the other ghost was um uh, this was again before I like before I knew to ask to not see ghosts. Um, I was in I was staying in this playwright friend's house in Dorchester, Massachusetts, and uh, he had like told me the key is under the rock. They were all out on the Cape making theater for the summer, but I was going to stay there while I was doing a play. And so nobody was in the house, but I opened the door the way that like when you go into a house that you've never been in before and there's not somebody with you, you're kind of just like feeling out the house a little bit. This is like also, you know, a mid 19th century, like Massachusetts, Dorchester mansion, as you These might expect. old New England houses, man. These old New that England houses. not the first time. This is not and I was just like, time. oh, there's somebody here. Like I can, I just can tell that there's somebody here in the house. I don't know how I know it. I think it was because if I'd walked in there with somebody else, like carrying my suitcases, being like, blah, 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 I probably wouldn't have noticed it because I was by myself scoping out the house. So I go through the house expecting to find a live person and do not find a live person. And, you know, his little nice note on the kitchen table is like, take either of the bedrooms on the in the very top floor of the house. So I go to those two rooms. And one of the rooms I was like, mm, not this room, just not this room. And so I went to the I went I chose the other one. And the main way that the ghost manifested is that she would close open and close doors on floors that I was not on and I was alone in this house but like I'd be on the top floor and I would hear the doors like below me open and close or I'd be in the bathroom on the second floor and I would hear like the basement door open and close and so I was like okay there's a ghost here obviously um, and I have a feeling that like the ghost's main place is that room that I was just like, oh, not this room. I mean, I think it also had like clown wallpaper or something. Maybe that's in my memory. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely like in the daytime, I could kind of handle it. And at night, the like the opening and closing of doors really wow. sort of freaked me out. So I yeah. would close my own door in my little room and just like with my mind just be like this is my space like in this room is my space and uh maybe like the second or third night that i was there i heard like like uh it wasn't like knocking it was just like a sort of a blank like blam against the door like it was just like a force hitting the door mm -hmm. and uh i woke up and i to me, this is like somehow the scariest part of it. I looked at the clock and it was like, I think my husband is coming home, by the way. Like my dog is excited. Okay. Um, okay. So sorry about the sounds for a second. You're fine. So You're fine. I uh, looked at the clock and it was exactly three o'clock. And then I looked at the door and the door opened partway 
and then all the way. And then I saw the ghost coming in. Like I could just, I couldn't see her as well as I could see the little uh, uh, 18th century gentleman. I, but I could sort of see like her outline of her big sort of like mid 19th century skirt against the wallpaper. And I was just like, oh, God, oh, God, no, don't, don't, don't come over here. Please don't come over here. Please just don't come over here. And I uh, went to sleep and I had a dream about a cat demon with the face of a person trying to get into the house. And I went to rehearsal that day and, oh, oh, and in the dream... Uh, my friend Larry Cohen, who has since passed, I miss you, Larry. In the dream, he was playing like a Friar Lawrence type. And he okay. was like, you just have to, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, you just have to let the cat know what the rules are. And so I went to Whoa. rehearsal that day and I t- told Larry, who is friends with the playwright who owned this house, I told Larry about the dream and he said, oh, is th- this is probably about the ghost that lives in that house. And I was like, oh, oh yes. Man. Thank you. You could have told me that way. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, right. You could have told me about that. Um, and he was, like, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need to, like, talk to the ghost and tell the ghost what the rules are. Um, so oh I went home and I went into the, like, clown wallpaper room. And I said to the ghost, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, uh, I... Y- you know that I know that you're here and that's exciting to you. Um, But I am too scared when you do things to me at night when it is dark out. I'm sorry. I'm just like not strong enough, but uh, you can do whatever you want during the day where I just feel like a little bit more grounded and secure. And she never bothered me again at night, but she would during the day, she would like open and close doors and stuff like that. So that's my second story. That's crazy. So do you think there was anything to like the cat demon thing in the dream or was that just like a placeholder to let you know? I think it was just a placeholder. There was independently, I am very allergic to cats and there was independently a cat that sometimes one of the owners of the house would let into the house and feed. Um, the, so there was this cat, like there was a neighbor's cat that kept on trying to get into the house. But I was like, like cat, no, I don't want you to get into the house. Like our, uh, Next one is another one of my favorite stories that has ever been told on this uh, podcast. So first, before we got to that, before we get to that story, so this is Sarah Griffin, who was a delight. And uh, I will say, so we talked a little bit about driving, driving in Boston, but just driving in general. And we talk about an anxiety of mine. It's a light anxiety. I don't want to overemphasize it. I have never felt more validated. We had somebody else who agreed too. Didn't we? We had somebody else. who. It was um, within the last couple episodes, which is why we don't have the clip here. It was, it was uh, crystal. I think it was crystal. Yeah, this was, but man, this Sarah's episode was a real driving bonanza for, Hmm. Oh yeah, because we yeah we'll we'll let it we'll let it roll. But that was really the best, the best of the car stories for sure. It's a great video. It's on YouTube, but it's, oh, it was great. But anyways, I get sidetracked. That's a Baltimore (laughs) accent. Um, So not everybody from Boston has the Boston accent, but what is a Boston stereotype that is absolutely, totally true? 
Hmm. Oh, I got one. Driving. Perfect. Hmm. Oh, I have heard driver. Boston's. I've heard that Boston's terrifying to drive in. See, I'm not an aggressive driver, so it's like scary for me. I should be an aggressive driver because that's what like. When people say like, "Oh, mass hole drivers," that's what it is. it's scary. It's so scary. And that's what I have heard. Like my my dad drove in Boston once, and he said he would never do it again. It terrified him. It's <laughs> so scary. I would no, go in are. like I it coming from people are mean, and also so I'm in Chicago. I spent most of my life in Chicago, and we have a absolutely exquisitely designed grid system. Uh, where there's like six streets in the entire city that go diagonally and you can name every single one of them. And for the most part, like you get your tight one ways and stuff, but this is a city that was built in like the 1880s for the most part. Yeah. So relatively modern city. Everything in Boston is like freaking, it's like a corn maze. And people, I think like my experience in Providence is kind of similar, just in that it's a very old cities out there, like not really built for cars, the number of blind turns you have to make. I think people really just like, I don't know. They're like, if I die, I die. I'm just going to hit the gas. Let's hope for the best. Go for it. And <laughs> that's, you know what? But like DC has all the diagonal streets. Like D DC has some terrible, terrible intersections. But I feel like the drivers aren't as, from what I've heard, as aggressive. Like there's definitely confusing intersections. We've got an intersection in DC that is entirely built around a Wendy's. Like it, it has a horrible, there's like five streets that come at weird angles because there's a <laughs> Wendy's there and has been a Wendy's for a very long time and they won't get rid of it for whatever reason. So yeah, that's why it's circle. there. They're not going to do all that work just to get rid of the Wendy's. <laughs> like, it's called, it's, it's colloquially known as Dave Thomas circle and it just, it's awful. But from what I have heard, Wendy's, right? Yeah. It's the Wendy's oh, guy. Um, <laughs> The, you, you both. I forget. You both are children and do not remember the old Wendy's ads when Dave Thomas was alive. Um, but, anyways, I, from what I have heard, the Boston drivers are um, super aggressive, which DC drivers are not quite as much. But so no, that's totally so true. Aggressive. Oh, it's so true. I get so scared. I get beeped at at least once a day. <laughs> Because that's the other thing. I'm so, such a passive driver. I'm like, oh, you go, you go. Like, and then also, uh -oh. people will be like piling up behind me, like oh slamming. Are you so you're one of those drivers who's just like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, I got, I'm fine, I'm fine. I don't have to go anywhere. It's okay. You go. You seem like you're in a rush, so it's okay. I let, like a whole line go. Oh my god. Oh, this is a weird this is a weird driving question, but I'm curious if either of you this may totally be just me and if and if I say this and you're just like you're weird, that's fine. <laughs> do you ever like do you ever feel anxious about how fast your windshield wipers are going while oh, you're driving yeah. in comparison to the drivers around you? Yes, always. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad I'm not alone in this because there are definitely times. I'm going like a bunch, and I'll see people are not using them at all. I'm like, is it you? Am I like a yes. Oh my god! Oh my That's god! Hilarious. Oh this my is never god. once, never in my life has this crossed my mind. This, I, I <laughs> I'm glad you that not. you two have found solidarity in this. <laughs> I I kid you not. I no. have so many times 
have I been driving and like I have the windshield wipers on like full speed and I see somebody have them on interval and I'm just like, oh, I probably look like an idiot, don't I? And then yeah, I'm like, I guess oh, maybe bad. the rain's not that bad. Yeah, I'm like, do I have bad vision or like right, yeah, I just you playing this whole thing? This rain isn't that bad. I'm just dramatic. Oh my god, I am so, I. <laughs> <laughs> I and 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 I've I've had the flip side of that, where like mine's on interval and I see someone with it on full speed. I'm just like <laughs> loser. <laughs> All right, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> they must be. They must suck. Like <laughs> my my car, I think only has like three settings for the windshield wiper. So. I I used to have an old car that had two, and it was like normal and super fast. And it that's was, basically what mine is. It, it was made, made in the 80s. the low end a little bit. My car is not that old. It's a 2002, but like the wheel literally flew off on the highway yesterday, so it's like not. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Wait, yeah. how did that happen? What? <laughs> so I guess, so I changed the tire a week ago, and Clearly I... Clearly not very well. <laughs> you, you don't first say, man. Like, <laughs> because I've changed the tire many times in my life, and I start to, I'm driving, and I hear this rattling. It's about a week ago, so I wasn't thinking about it, and I hear this rattling. I'm like, oh, like, there's something going on here. Like, I'm a little, but, like, there's something a little off here. I'll wait till I get home, and I'll get it checked out. Uh, no, I'm like <laughs> getting on the high, literally getting onto the highway, like, speeding up down the ramp. And then like, I feel a blowout in my back driver's side. I feel like a flat tire, <laughs> except then I see my tire go like shooting off past my, my, my door, my window oh my and like into traffic. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, and fortunately I was like, still oh like kind God. of on the merge. So I was just like, all right, I guess I'll, I'll get to the side now. And I'm like kind of watching my tire like fly half a mile into the distance. And I'm just like, like what, what? oh my um, God, that's so, like out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. I'm yeah, lucky that I was like, where like highway, someone's but... driving and then their wheel passes them. Like there's Wiley e. Coyote behind me or something. Like, you know, I was like, like, the other day because I got a flat tire. That was uh, so, Zach does <laughs> Zach doesn't know this story, but in my research, I came across a story that you told in which you broke the news of the Mookie Betts trade to a police officer who pulled you over because you were upset about the Mookie Betts trade and were driving poorly. Please tell us every single detail of that story. No, this... Obviously, everyone kind of knew <laughs> that the Mookie trade was coming, but I just like in my heart, I was like, it won't happen. Like, it, there's all these rumors. They could like, never. Yeah, like it was everything but confirmed. Right. And so at the time, I was waitressing, not Chili's, at a different restaurant actually at this time. And it was like dead, whatever. It was, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday night. Like I had no tables. I was just like sitting out there and I'm like sitting on my phone. I have like all like MLB insiders notifications on. I'm like, so, like just say when it happens. Just like tell me when it happens. Then finally I get it. The notification. I like run into the kitchen. I tell the cooks like whatever. I'm like, get so upset and my manager's like all right you can go home like <laughs> i don't know what's going on here but you just go home. <laughs> so i was like thank you so i get in my car and i just sit there for like a half an hour listening to sad music first <laughs> one of my friends actually called me she's like are you okay it's like no <laughs> i'm not 
And then I'm like, I'm just going to go home, like, talk to my parents, like, talk to my sister, and then just go to sleep. But I was like, I'm going to take the long way around. It just like so listen to my sad music a little longer. <laughs> I'm like driving with like tears in my eyes. I'm just not paying attention. No one's on the road. It's like eleven, and I'm like kind of just like drifting, like just listening to the music. Then all of a sudden, I just see the sirens go off, and I was like, "Of course, of course, this is happening right now." <laughs> So I was like, was I like speeding? Like, is my taillight out? Like, I don't know. Like, I genuinely had no idea why I was being pulled over. The officer was like, what are you doing? Like, like, where are you coming from? I was like, work. (laughs) He's like, why are you crying? Like, is everything okay? (laughs) I don't really want to tell you why I'm crying. (laughs) This is kind of embarrassing. And he's like, oh, like, is it a boyfriend problem? I was like, I wish, like, I wish this was. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure you've probably heard by now, but like, Mookie Betts officially was trained to the Dodgers. And he's like, he was? <laughs> and he's like, I didn't know. I've been on duty all night. Like, he's like, when did this happen? Like, who else is going? So I'm like, reading to him. I like, take out my phone. I'm like, reading the details to him. And he's like, Oh man, yeah, that's a night ruiner. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, I'm now upset too. So he's like, I'm being off of the warning. Can you just go home and <laughs> not be on the road right now? I'm like, yes, yes sir. <laughs> that has to rival the time when I was I was driving cross country um to college and I when I drive cross country I listen to like a lot of albums end to end and I was listening to the Carter three and I got pulled over while right the song Mrs. Officer was playing. Uh, and I have stood to this day, that was in like 2017. And to this day I can't listen to that song with a straight face. Um, I'm just imagining wee, the cop wee, wee. My wheel, my and wheel just, was just flying. You dropped flying it. You just dropped window. it casually. You're just like, yeah, you know, my wheel flew off, and I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah. stop. Although I, <laughs> I also have to admit, somewhat shamefully, is when I was cutting all these together the other day and lining them up, and I was laughing at that story again. And um, my mom walks by and I say, "Mom, uh, this is a question, real quick. Do you like you're driving?" It's raining. Do you? Uh, the answer was yes, and I was no way. Yeah, I was she like, I live in a house of freaks. What is going on? Like, <laughs> that's next, amazing. Next thing, I'm not even going to ask her how she does her toothpaste either, because huh. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be disappointed. That's amazing. <laughs> no, and so uh, Sarah's Mookie Bet story. That one. That's one of my favorite stories <laughs> that has ever been told on this podcast. It's. There's, it's, just, it's so funny. There's also something really Boston about that too. I don't know why I associate yeah. state troopers yeah. with Massachusetts and Boston. I just do. It's kind of a cop state. Well, and also <laughs> take that as you will. I caring, don't know. Caring so much about the Red Sox that like you're, you know, you're letting a reckless driving citation go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it was kind of valid. I mean, that's like what are you gonna... <laughs> Very understandable. But, uh, um, we oh, have man, oh, man. up next another Sarah, uh, Sarah Sanchez, telling a story. We, you know, we always ask every episode. We ask, you know, about a time in which a person has laughed really, really hard, 
And she told a lot of the times those the best stories are ones where you are laughing, but you're not supposed to be laughing or you can't laugh. Uh, and Sarah has one of those stories about uh, she is uh, not being able to laugh at her students, which is, it's a good story. You can't breathe. What's happening? Who are you with? All of it. I mean, I, I know the feeling that you're talking about, yes, yes. and I've definitely experienced this. I'm, I'm a little bit caught off guard because I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm trying to remember a circumstance where that has happened. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I can think of the people who I would be with, and, and it's almost always one of my two best friends. So I have a best friend from high school. Her name is Mandy. She lives in the Seattle area. She's a photographer. Um, and we've shared, I don't. I, everything since we were like 15 years old, I don't know what else to say about that. Like we're just, yeah, yeah. it's that type of friend. Uh, neither of us has sisters. So we just kind of joke that God gave us each other and that's it. Um, yeah. The, and then my, my best friend from Boston is a guy named um, Chris Palmer and him and I tend to have some of those moments. Fellow Palmer. <laughs> yes yes another palmer my old um, cousin chris yeah no uh, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> and he, he's outstanding um and but we we tend to do more of the dry humor type of stuff there i am trying to honestly can i tell you a story about a time i really wanted to laugh and i yes that those are the best stories about, yeah. here's the thing about being a high school teacher that there are any number of times where the students have said something that is incredibly funny that is drop down, die laughing funny, and you can't laugh because you're the <laughs> teacher in charge of the classroom and the students are right there and they're high schoolers. And, and like, they're, you just can't laugh at, you can't laugh at the thing that has just happened. You can't laugh at it again. No, right. Yeah, so yeah. we used to host a very large debate tournament at the team that I ran. Uh, it like, a thousand people would come over four days. It was a huge enterprise. It's a part of the reason I can do the job I do now because I know how to run a big logistical event. Um, and as part of that, you know, I'm teaching my class and doing my things, but I occasionally am getting deliveries in the, so the school I was at is, has like kind of a campus. There's like four buildings. The main office is in a different building than the building I'm teaching in. Uh, and I get a delivery. I get a phone call that there's all these boxes in the office that need to be picked up. And I, the most responsible student in this room is this girl named Nicole. And I tell Nicole to pick one person to help her go bring these boxes back to the room for the tournament, right? Nicole's boyfriend is in the room. Uh, her, her like boyfriend of a year and a half is in the room. He's probably the best debater on the team. He is not the best person for carrying boxes. And Nicole without a beat, like just turns and says, Henry and her boyfriend's face just like collapsed <laughs> into a million. Like, if you could see the moment that she picked another, like, he was already half standing out of his chair. He was sure he was going to the office to help her with the boxes. And she picked, in fairness to Nicole, she this is why she got the job. She picked the dude who was like 6'5 and was on the football team to help yeah. her carry the boxes. And that was not her boyfriend, right? But her poor, boy, her poor boyfriend, who I will not name here, because I, I, 
on the off chance he ever hears this, but I just, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there at my desk like, oh, that just happened, and I can't laugh. And you can't laugh, I can't which laugh. makes it funnier. Uh, but I, la- I laughed really hard when I told my Palmer that story yeah. later. So that reminds me of, um, so I have, a, I have a lot of teacher friends, and one of my teacher friends told me this story, and it'll, it'll lose some of its impact because we'll have to bleep part of it, but that's fine. Um, you guys will hear it. So my, my friend, I might get tired by this part <laughs> of the editing process. My, um, <laughs> my friend, she teaches elementary, she teaches second grade and she is on recess duty one day. And this girl runs up to her and she said, she's like, Hey, miss, miss, miss Navani, miss Navani. So and so, you know, and Sally, she said the B word. She said the B word. And she's like, you can't say it. She's like, All right. She goes over to the girl and says, Sally, you know, did you, so and so here says, you said the B word. Did you say the B word? And the girl looks at her and just is like, huh. motherfucker. It doesn't start with B. <laughs> <laughs> just. Matter of fact, like no, actually, that did not actually. it. I swear, I mean, kids are so awesome. I love kids. We teachers are great, man. Teachers are great. Teachers are great. I'm friends with many a teacher, and you know what? God bless them because it is hard to be a teacher right now. The uh, (laughs) we had a few months, a couple months ago, for my friend's thirtieth birthday. We threw a roast for him where uh like like a comedy roast. And uh my friend teaches high school and he helped two of our other friends get teaching jobs and this was their first year teaching, like this year where like things are crazy. Not a great time to start the no, not a great time, but the the county, uh, Prince George's County. That our two friends did not have teaching degrees, but Prince George's County was basically like, look, if you're a warm body that can pass a background check, you're a teacher, or if you're um, Harrison Bader, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, jeez. Um, but so at this at this roast, one of the friends who just started teaching this year, he made a joke that I thought was funny, where he was just like, look, I don't know what kind of finder's fee or bonus he got but i did not he just threw us in the trenches here just to (laughs) (laughs) to to drop his friends into this fire pit he must have gotten paid a lot or something so you know my heart goes out to all the teachers it's it's i kid uh, what i found out today this is you know shag and flies we go on tangents one of my friends who's a teacher his school right now is doing a thing where uh these students will be in school in a room and they will be uh, on a Zoom call, on a Zoom class, virtual class, with a teacher who is also in the school but in a different classroom. That's, it's like... It's, or we could just have paid sick leave. but or, Yeah, or maybe there's that too. It's all the, all the joys of virtual learning with all the dangers of in-person learning. <laughs> Throw it all together. Both worlds. Uh, Won't somebody please think of the children? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But anyways, so next Uh, we have um, Ellen Adair, who uh, you heard on the ghost story cut. Ellen is uh, another one of my favorite people. uh, Just an absolute joy of a human being. Uh, And Ellen's episode was an interesting one. We did a whole lot more sort of 
I don't know, abstract existential spiritual talk than we <sighs> usually so do, fun. which was a blast. I, w- I mean, I was like in a cabin in the woods. I was in the cabin in the woods That's in Michigan. Right, so it was pretty. It was pretty fitting. I was weary of society and somehow had a nice, <laughs> a nice little internet connection on my phone. So we made it work, man. But yeah, Ellen, was, they were so much fun. That was such a. That was again another one like like Mikey that really, to me, epitomizes what what is so much fun to do about this because yeah. there was plenty of baseball, of course, but I had no idea where the next like eight words were going to be at, at any point in that podcast i had yeah no idea. yeah and yeah everything was just so thoughtful and i don't know it was a, it was a lot of fun so it was I'll, it was really it fun uh for context uh if you do not know who ellen adair is and if you don't shame on you no i'm kidding it's fine it's fine you do ellen have- ellen uh ellen is an actor uh per, you know by trade that's uh ellen has been on uh, a handful of different shows uh i knew i knew ellen before i knew ellen uh, because I was a huge fan of the show Homeland and Ellen had a bit part on Homeland. So, uh, yeah. So anyways, that's the context for the clip, but yes, listen to Ellen talk about acting so hard. And, and I will stop now. I just, what does that make you think of? I guess just toss the ball in your court. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I just want to say everything that you said. I just like, I just felt spirit everywhere like i just felt chills it was wonderful and i mean i think that like yes that is what we came here like we all and then okay like i I, many people would just think like i'm a crazy person but for me like spiritual life is the most important thing to me and acting is very spiritual and so that is part of that is not the only way that i experience um my connection to god but like it is part of it, and that is why, why it feels it's so, so embarrassing. Necessary. That's why it's so embarrassing. Acting is like there's a, a story I heard about Ted Danson where he was like acting on something, and just at one point he was doing something. And he looks at another actor. He goes, "Isn't acting embarrassing?" And it is, and that's why it's embarrassing. It's vulnerable. It's 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 spiritual. Being spiritual and opening yourself up from the inside is embarrassing and, I don't, and scary. I I. I don't know that that's my experience. I f- I feel like it is it is freeing. Uh, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why shouldn't we want to sort of be let out of ourselves a little bit? Yeah. And so, but I do feel like ultimately, this is my worldview. We all chose to come to be here to play. So acting is sort of like the meta version of that thing. And so we, we chose whatever life we have in order to kind of like test our own souls in like the things that we're going to need to learn. And I, I, I feel like, and it's because I'm a crazy person, but I feel like there are even in the sort of between life period, there are people that we're always bound up with and that we even say like, oh my gosh, right, this time you play this and I'm going to play this. And we're like, great, like, see you on earth, high five. And like, we don't remember it, but I but I think that's what happens. And so I maybe... I feel that way because I'm an actor and I have this other thing that I feel about acting, but I actually feel like, yes, acting is just an extension of what it already means to be alive. And I do think yeah. that that's oh, why, yeah. why we, why humans crave stories so much and why like, though they're not, you know, they're not literally 
productive in any way, I also think they're the most vital and important things. It, we're all acting. I mean, I'm, I'm playing a role. Yeah, I'm playing the role so that much. I was... Yeah, I mean, you talk to Judith Butler and gender is a performance and you talk to critical theorists and whiteness is a performance. Everything, totally. everything contextually is a performance. Well, one of my favorite I, I things like that, that um, one of my favorite things that Ram Dass ever said, who's this? Yes, uh, great Ram Dass. Sp- yes. <gasps> you love Ram? Oh, yes, God, Ellen, you, God, you are my favorite person. All right. Oh, you're um, person yeah. One of my favorite things Ram Dass ever would, would say is he said yeah, almost all the time when we're sitting down with our friends. We are asking each other, is my costume on right? We're just constantly just saying, like, is my is this role that I'm supposed to be playing? Is it on right? Is it on and and true friendship is being able to not have to wear that costume at all. And but constantly, all the time, we're just walking around in this costume that we put on. And it's natural. It's not there's no shame in it. There's no it's just kind of the way you are. I'm putting on the costume of Ben, who is the co-host of a podcast who you know has these ideas and these feelings and these thoughts and all this stuff I'm playing that role uh sometimes intentionally when I'm out in social situations I'm playing the role of the guy who is like goofy and likes to talk to people and stuff and sometimes unintentionally I'm playing the role of just the person I grew up as because of how I grew up mm-hmm. and there's just this 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 innate beingness i guess i don't know but you're yeah anyways you're absolutely right i and the fact that you love ramdas is like god this the best. yeah but what i <laughs> what i you're the best what i love about that is that to me also the mechanism of acting is relationship and so the way that an i experience becoming another person is by defining like well whatever that whatever that person is is like what do i say and what do i do and like how do i love or not and what is my relationship to this other person and like something different always comes out like i'm not sitting there trying to like create an idea of another person and i do feel like relationship is key and the understanding of that comes from the fact that we are naturally different people with all of the people that we interact with because i feel like it's sort of the alchemy of like whatever the other person's soul is like zach whatever your soul is ben whatever your soul is and whatever mine is like they're just they're mirrors and they're going to kind of like just like reflect and refract differently off of each other depending upon what the other thing is and it's not false. Like, it's not weird to say, like, I'm a different person around my grandma than I am around my high school best friend than I am around oh my, my wife. God, like, yeah. if yeah. you were the same person around all of those people, it would be weird. Are you kidding me? Get me around my parents. My language cleans up. Great. <laughs> I mean, it is immaculate. And what's so weird is I can just flip the switch and it's not even I'm not even trying yeah, absolutely. You you behave differently around all kinds of different people. It's yeah. Yeah, so like uh, to me the uh and I keep using the word mechanism, but it feels like the little motor of acting is like if I'm this character, what is my relationship with the other person? What do I mm. like what do I think about them? What is the thing like what is the the skin suit that I'm trying to present to them? Yeah. And so I mean I guess that's part of why. So I'm going to do the really annoying thing and quote my own book, but like, I, I can't it. do it. 
I can't say it any better. In So in my book of poetry about acting, I have this one line where I say myself is just a character that I play for want of any other. And I guess it's in some ways the very arbitrariness of what that character is that makes being anybody else feel like equally plausible, even if it's like, all right, in this movie, I'm a serial killer. Got to figure out what that is. Um, But yeah, like I don't, I don't try to be like play a serial killer. I'm just like, well, what am I doing in this scene? How do I feel about this person that's in front of me? Yeah. It is. It's almost kind of a logical puzzle. Yeah. To figure out, you have to kind of make sense of somebody who is not you in a way Right to the point where you can't embody them in, in some way or another. Uh, well, what it, what it sounds like to me is you're saying is like I'm already playing a role. Like, how hard is it to then pivot <laughs> to yeah. something totally. else? Yes. Like I, yep. my entire life, I've been playing the role of Ellen, Ellen mm-hmm. Adair. So why don't I? Uh, you know, how hard is it for me to now play a lawyer? Okay, it's just you know just doing another thing. That's I love that. God, I love yeah. That. That right, is- um I, I would like to, so I could talk about the philosophy of acting forever, obviously, as we <laughs> could, but I do want to um, be respectful of your time, and I know, you know, uh, I don't want to go on for like four hours. So, Well, my own podcast is always like, you know, two hours and 15 minutes yeah, long. So, same yeah. here. I think our longest one, I think with Mikey, we went like three hours. It we went nuts. like oh, three. That was the runtime. We stayed over three for like four And hours. we did. That's a, right. We yeah, did. There was, was a crazy. Lot. Um, <laughs> but a lot there are a few that. things uh, I want to wrap up about acting before we move on to baseball. And these these are relatively quick. They're a little less little less heady because we got, we got a little deep there. And that was just the best. And um, so... I know based on uh, my friend who has done uh, who was did a lot of acting. There are a lot of differences and a lot of preferences in the acting world between stage and screen acting. And as someone who has done both, do you have a preference? And what is the big difference between the two for for you? Like, not obviously, there's the obvious differences of one is live on stage and one is on screen. But like the for you as an actor, what are what are the big differences between doing each? Yeah, that is a most excellent question. And the biggest the big difference is the frame. So if and and maybe that sounds like very, very obvious, but if it's uh, on camera, sometimes it's a wide shot, obviously, but like most of the storytelling is going to be like just sort of shoulders up. It's going to be the the canvas is my face, right? So if I just look from one side of the screen to the other, that is a, actually a sort of a large gesture, m- like more equivalent to crossing the stage because uh, on stage, obviously the frame is like the entire stage. So I, right. I say that partly to, because as much as I... Uh, as much as I do love the spiritual element of acting, sometimes I feel like pragmatic answers are like the easiest way to just like free yourself up to then be available for whatever it is that happens. So uh, that's the biggest difference. But like in my experience, the goal is that like the truth is the same size. Now I think I struggle with like really large theater spaces where the where like the size of the truth has to be l- larger than I experience it in life, and I think that that is why ultimately I prefer 
uh, on camera acting. And I think that's just because mm. the scale is the same scale as life. So mm. it feels uh, okay. more inhabited that way. Like I just get to be this person. And what I love is I know that my best friend, not you, Ben, the camera, my best friend, the camera is gonna pick up if I have a thought. I know that the camera mm, will be there. Mm. And so in a way, I don't have to do anything. All I need to be rigorous about is my thoughts. Because on the flip side, if I have a thought that is not my character's thought, but is my thought, I mean, this happens all the time, you know, where I will have an actor thought, like it will be visible. So like being on camera means that you need to be very, very rigorous with what your thoughts are. Because if, if you end up having a thought about like, Oh wait, is that like, you know, who is that person crossing the frame or whatever? Like that, that thought is going to end up showing up in the performance. Um, so I guess, yeah, because it's a little bit more lived in and also because I think, well, there are a few things I did a, production of importance of being earnest which is a show that oh, i always wanted great to do show great and show i loved it so much but i did this after not like having really been more in on camera world for a while and there was one performance where the like the audience i just felt like the audience wasn't picking up what i was throwing down and i realized oh i don't necessarily like it when there's somebody else in the moment that I am doing my job telling me how well I'm doing my job. Uh, like, yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm in it mm. and like, I believe what's going on, but it feels like it's not working. And so then suddenly there's this external auditor, immediate, the immediate feedback. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it could be because like, I think some people like acting because they like being seen and, I like acting because I like believing that I am this other person. And so I, I think that like the, in that sense, the privacy at the moment that I am doing the job of on camera, I think I like better. What I also like about it is that like in on stage, Basically, you go through a rehearsal process where you are getting to the thing that we agreed upon that we are going to do every single time. And now you are going to do that. Mm. And like the director leaves. And now you're going to do that from now until the end of time. Yeah. And that that it can be frustrating for me. And uh, I mean, I think it can probably be frustrating for any actor. And there are great things about being on stage as well, obviously. Like, what's nice is you get to, like, experience the entire arc of the thing as it happens. Whereas TV and film, you're experiencing everything out of sequence. And, um, But I like about on-camera acting that actually my goal with every take is to do something different than the thing that I did last time. Because they already got that one. Unless, like, we're just doing it again for focus or something. So... Right. It's it's actually just sort of freeing to be like, well, I don't know what's going to happen this time, but like, hopefully it'll be different. I'll just think about something different and hopefully it will come out differently. And then I actually like not being, usually I like it, <laughs> not being the arbiter of the thing that uh, the, whatever the take that is, that's finally chosen. Like it's somebody else's job. I don't have to worry about this is the take that they're choosing. I just have to like exist and be a person in this world. Um, so yeah, for all of those reasons. 
that was such an oddball way to start it when they were like, so an Ellen Adair died today. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's I know uh, that was this, funny. You should, I, I should say before assuming this is going out this weekend, right? So if you're listening to so. this, yeah. Uh, before that's before up to the you, weekend, honestly. So I, <laughs> you answered that question. <laughs> Not me, the most you know flaky editor in the world. But, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this before the weekend of January 28th, this is a perfect time for uh, for me to plug that me and Ellen and Adam Sloat will be on a panel for PitchCon this coming week. I think it's Friday the 28th at ah. 7 p.m. We will be discussing the twisted state of baseball. As of this recording, I still don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's going to be a great time, and you should show up to <laughs> listen absolutely so we're breaking our own our is, no plug rule which we it's okay we can no we can plug our own stuff it's just not everyone else yeah. just not the guests no which yeah. uh, <laughs> no, no. pitchcon pitchcon's always a blast i've uh i've been i was on a panel for the first pitchcon we did an episode of shag and flies for last pitchcon oh, right. that was how yeah that was our second ever episode was I'm talking uh, about a great Jake. meeting right <laughs> yeah um so yeah i'm not doing anything for this pitchcon but um, but still, yeah. I, if that's if I understand, look, I get it. If you just heard me say I'm not doing anything for PitchCon, you're like, well, then I'm not going. I'm not tuning in. If Ben's not there, what's the point? I get it. I get it. But still, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a really fun time, and uh, it's a great charitable cause too. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely go to PitchCon if you doesn't it. It's also kind of the genesis of this. This pod is in PitchCon too, with the panel you did with um yeah with, with the, the panel with uh, Jake the and baseball Chris, is right? yeah the baseball is fun panel uh for the first PitchCon it was me and Jake Jake Seeley Chris Towers um uh oh my God I'm blanking this is awful. Clay, Clay Link. Damn, I knew it. Clay Link. Yeah, me, Chris Towers, Clay Link, Jake Seeley. It was super fun. It's on YouTube if you ever want to watch it. Um, but yeah, we need to have Clay on the podcast. I, I should, yeah. I keep and, uh, about that. and then so Jake, of course, came back for PitchCon last year when we did a yes. live episode, which was only at, that was episode two. This is geez, that was yeah. We've been at this for that long, huh? So mm-hmm. uh, this is that is a perfect segment to our final our final little uh, clip segment here and so jake was the second guest we ever had on and he if assuming you know you've made it to this point you have probably listened to an episode through i'm gonna guess i won't be offended if not but uh so you probably are aware of the order of operations trifecta that we ask to you know all of our guests and unless i'm mistaken the entire purpose of this milk before cereal cereal before milk question was specifically to get our friend Jake Seeley to explain, you know, to the masses what his procedure was. And um, I don't know, we'll let, we'll let the clip roll and then we'll let the rest of the guests say what they will, I guess. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I wrote, I wrote this question in our notes and I was like, you are a milk before cereal guy. What's it like being a sociopath? <laughs> <laughs> When the first person said that the earth was round, people thought he was crazy too. Sometimes the geniuses are thought to be the weirdest. Here's, here's the fact. You start with milk 
because you can control the cereal sogginess. That's all it comes down to because the perfect example is Fruity Pebbles. The only way you can eat Fruity Pebbles is if you do milk first because as soon as it hits the milk, it's already evaporating. Everybody, Fruity Pebbles is like, <laughs> you have to eat that thing like the fastest. Like Anyway, so it's milk first because you put it in and then you control it. All the cereal is on top. It slowly goes down, which makes it get soggy slower. And then here's my biggest counter to anybody who says they don't do it. When you go for your second round of cereal, do you pour the milk back out? No, the milk stays in the bowl and you pour the cereal back into the milk. You're already doing it. You're just not doing it to start. So very simple fact is it just helps you control the ratio and control the sogginess. And that's the best reason for it. Milk before cereal people are monsters. All right, thank you. We had a long talk with Jake about that <laughs> last week. Cereal, the only time you ever go milk before cereal is if you want a second bowl. Historically, I do cereal and then milk. Hmm. You know what? Like, I'm not really a milk and cereal person. Uh, do you eat dry cereal? No, I, I don't. Oh, man, I was all. about to get excited because, like, I only eat dry cereal. So. <laughs> If you drink milk and eat cereal and should choose to have a bowl of cereal with milk, what comes first? The cereal, cereal. or the milk? Okay. Cereal. Okay. Wow. We are really decisive here and we are saying yeah. all the right yeah. things. Well, I, I don't eat cereal anymore, but I do make cereal cakes and use cereal milk. Oh. So it's definitely cereal then milk. There's not two answers. It's, it's cereal first and then milk until you get the lift. Once you get the little lift, you're done. That's how you know. Okay. Um, cereal. If you eat cereal and drink milk and have the two together, which comes first? Cereal. Okay. Cereal, because I'm a normal person. <laughs> uh, cereal first. Um, because that way I can decide like how much milk I need. Okay, the trifecta comes from the uh, if you if you eat cereal and if oh, you and, uh, yeah okay, yeah well, I know well, Jake Seeley okay? yes I know well, Jake Seeley <laughs> puts the milk in first right right and I understand his reasoning and actually I'm going right. to kind of side with him when I eat cereal I do a little bit of cereal and a little bit of milk and then constantly and then like constantly add to it so I don't eat cereal. Easy answer. Oh, you're a no cereal guy. That's cool. Which comes first? The cereal goes in first, then you pour the milk. All right, you know, okay. Another one for the, the supercut. What comes first, the cereal or the milk? The cereal. I mean, the, the cereal goes first, and then you pour the milk on top of the right, cereal. Okay. Okay. Um, my, my, my eldest uh, decided one day that she was going to put the milk in the bowl first, and I yelled at her. This is not <laughs> a negotiable thing in the Mason household. But I have to say it has been probably 15 years since I've had a bowl of cereal. Um, oh, that's why, that's I, why I ask. <laughs> I am not a huge cereal eater generally. I prefer savory breakfast foods to sweet ones. And mm. I am the person that if I grab cereal, it's like I grab a handful of it out of the box and just kind of munch on it like popcorn in the evening or okay. something. Oh, but I don't, I don't think I bought cereal. That's like when I'm visiting my parents. Like I don't think I yeah, have bought cereal okay. for over a decade. Um, but uh, in the time when I ate cereal, it was definitely cereal first, then milk on top of the cereal to make sure that you get the right milk ratio to the amount of cereal, because there should be a little bit of cereal above the milk. The milk should not be entirely covering the cereal. 
in like in my adulthood when I have eaten cereal, I eat it as a relatively portable snack in a baggie without milk, mm. which I realize Lord. might be a travesty, but it's like a thing that you can take Not with you. Not at all. Not a big cereal guy, but Fair it, would ob- it would obviously be the cereal and then the milk. And anything anyone that says otherwise is real weird. Like in the bowl, I'm pouring a bowl of cereal. Mm. Yes. Cereal. Cereal first. <laughs> Naturally. That one yeah, that one I would I would be a little concerned if someone did the milk first. That just seemed like a I think the standard is to put the cereal in the bowl first and dump the yeah. milk on top of it. <laughs> oh, you put the cereal in and then you add the milk. You, you okay. can't. It floats. Yeah. It's, you know, no, it disturbs <laughs> the process. I, yeah. I, I hope that's been universal. Which comes first? The cereal. So a lot of uh, cereal before milk people. <laughs> a that's lot. a little bit of an understatement. A but. lot. Yeah, oh, a whole lot. Um, oh, you know what? They're not writing. They're not getting paid by the Athletic Duck. Excuse me. They're not getting right. paid by the New York Times now. To oh, I did. It. I did not know this. Is has Jake moved? Oh no, they bought home? out the Athletic. <laughs> oh, that's right. They bought out the Athletic. That's right. That's right. I knew that. You don't I, work I, in journalism, do you? I yeah. You would think. <laughs> I am. I am very specifically in healthcare journalism. So broader <laughs> journalism. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, so that is our show yeah i mean i it was a lot of fun to uh kind of you know before we started recording uh i I was going back through some of these clips that we were adding in and it's i I will say a lot of times i do this show and i almost immediately forget everything i say like the day after so i definitely forget everything i say you know six months later so it's it was fun to be able to kind of comb back through some of the older episodes. And again, strongly recommend uh, that you listen to those full episodes. If you're yeah, craving, I wish, some, I wish go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying, if you're craving some, some shag and flies content, the beauty of this pot, one of the things I love about this show is that it's pretty much evergreen. We're almost never really talking about like current events, you know, maybe occasionally they pop in, but you can listen to an episode from, eight months ago and it's still relevant. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, worth it, man. I wish, I wish we could have thrown in more clips. I wish we had gotten, we had gotten on that main feed before we did 24 episodes. So I, should <laughs> give, I do want to give a shout out. We had some of our other great guests that uh, we didn't have time to splice in today. Some great stuff from Shelly verse straight. We had uh, Chelsea lad. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think we heard from Pat, Pat Ellington and the yeah, Pat. Board, yeah. Pat, yeah he had uh, yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Justin Mason, K- uh, Casey Bubba, uh, Max Greenfield, Connor Newcomb, uh, some dude named Nick Pollock. Uh, not sure who he is. The, yeah, I don't know how he yeah, got on the all, show. Uh, all were tremendous guests before we had this uh, incredibly massively tiny platform that we do now. So you guys should definitely, if you enjoyed any of those mishmash of things that I chopped up in Audacity, then uh, go check out some of the other ones too, for sure. Yeah. For sure, and we will be back with a, another guest uh, pretty soon in the next couple weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll get some episodes we going. We will be back before baseball is back. Let's put it that we way. will be back before baseball we'll is back, which I think is easy to say because we don't know when baseball we're is back. Sh- that we're setting the bar low. <laughs> that's that is my that's my life motto set the bar low set expectations low because you'll always exceed never it. be disappointed never be disappointed that's right <laughs> but anyways so 
thank you to everyone who uh, listen, not only listen to this episode, but the people who listen in general. It's it's still weird to me that uh, anybody takes you know a couple hours out of their day to listen to you know me and Zach and a guest just ramble about that random is, stuff. So uh, we really it. appreciate. <laughs> We really appreciate everybody who listens to this. So, yeah, thanks, and we'll we'll see you next time. We'll catch you next time. Bye.